everyone, my name is Zachary Rodier and welcome to the new page of 614Check, the exclusive page for 614Check here on the Scarlet and Grey Sports Radio Podcast Network. We are excited to be on our own page now and we want to give you guys a little bit of a treat because all of our episodes are not going to be coming on to our new page. We wanted to have a one-stop shop where all of our interviews will be in one episode that you guys can easily get to them. We'll have timestamps of each different interview that we have had on 614 Check. So this includes Andrea Branley of Ohio State Women's Ice Hockey at the time, Jake Wise of Ohio State Men's Hockey, former captain of the Ohio State Women's Ice Hockey team, Liz Sheppers. We also will have Coach Nadine Muzzerell of the Ohio State Women's Ice Hockey team uh, when they won the national championship. So we will have interviews of those players and coaches here on this episode all in one. Again, timestamps will be on there. And we will also, in another Posts on our new page have the season preview that has Coach Nadine Muzzerell and head coach Steve Rollick of the Ohio State men's hockey team. So again, welcome to the new page of 614 Check. All future episodes of 614 Check will be on here. So make sure you subscribe and follow this new page for 614 Check on wherever you listen to your podcasts. But without further ado, let's get right into the best of 614 Check, starting with the interview with Andrea Branley of now Boston University, but at the time, Ohio State Women's Ice Hockey and the Switzerland National Team. Enjoy. Today, 614 Check is excited to welcome one of the Ohio State Women's Hockey Team's star senior players who has been the goaltender for the team for the past four years. Her 0.927 four-year cumulative NCAA save percentage has helped her book her second ticket to the Winter Olympics, where she will represent Team Switzerland. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Andrea Branley to the show. Andrea, thank you so much uh, for coming on today. Thank you for inviting me. So before we get into Ohio State and your Olympic journey, I want to talk to you about your journey to being where you are today. How did you get into hockey and when did you know that is what you wanted to do for your career? I was actually pretty early in my life. Uh, I was uh, three years old back home and my brother is two years older. And of course, how it is, like he started before me. Uh, And my mom, uh, who kind of was a lazy person, still is. Well, maybe that's why I I am a lazy person too. But she uh, did did not want to like drive back and forth, uh, like watching me at home and like picking up my brother. So she just took me with her and like put me on the ice. And that's how all started basically. And uh, I immediately knew that I keep want to do it because I loved it so much and yeah, here I am. <laughs> and when did you decide fully that, you know, maybe I could actually do something with this and this is something that I could pursue further rather than just an after-school activity? Um, again, that was pretty early too. Uh, I feel like it was a couple years later when I started school too and I realized that uh, I didn't really like school. So I always loved going to practice and I of how I how good I am and like how much fun I have playing with my teammates and playing for myself too and uh, pretty quickly realized that I wanted to be a goalie Mm -hmm. Uh, so I feel like once I made that switch I I knew I want to keep doing that for the rest of my life Uh, and that's how it went 
pretty much all my life. <laughs> and it's funny now you said you don't like school, but you're also a student athlete at a college. So I guess they both uh, came together. But being in Switzerland all your life, growing up there, playing hockey, how difficult of a decision was it for you to make the decision to come to the United States, play college hockey, since you'd be leaving your family in your home country? It was very, very difficult, uh, but and it took me some time to like think about it if I really want to do it because that was a huge step. Uh, not only like to come to a like totally different continent to play hockey, but also like the culture, the language. Like I had no idea how the school system works here, so that was a huge shock when I came here and everything was so so different. But I didn't regret it at all. Like that was basically, I think the best decision I could ever made because it brought me uh, to where I am right now and made me the person who I am right now. And after you decided to come to the United States and play in the NCAA, what was it about Ohio State that made you decide this is where I want to be for the next four years? I think the overall community of being a Buckeye uh, and like, the school itself, like I love campus, I love the Oval. My favorite place on campus is the Mirror Lake. And I thought like, when I came here and visit, uh, I, I knew that I wanted to be here because I loved it so much. Uh, when I met the team, uh, they were really, really like, welcomed me really friendly. And uh, I was their friend right away from the beginning. Uh, and they like, uh treated me as an American basically even though I'm not <laughs> yeah uh and once I adjusted to like the language and everything I felt like I was at home here that's that's really nice and right now when we're recording it feels a little like home with all the snow we're getting today uh with Muir Lake freezing over and everything like that uh I haven't been on campus today uh seeing uh Muir Lake but I'm sure it is looking beautiful maybe you'll go out and see it later today um but once you got to Ohio State, where do you think in your game specifically that you've improved the most since making the switch to the U.S.? Oh, good question. Um, I feel like I grew a lot, like, in, like, my complete, like, how, of who I am. Like, I, of course, it was four years now, so I'm a little older now. <laughs> uh, I matured a little bit, that's for sure. Well, hopefully. but. Um, I think the where I improved the most is my my mental side. Like I grew a lot more like mature, calm on the ice. I uh, I was like I learned how to deal with like problems on the ice, off the ice. Where I am, um, and I feel like that helped me a lot improve in other areas like skating and like making that first save and like. Like all of all of that, um, so I feel like the mental side has improved a lot in the past four years. And one of the big things in the mental side of hockey is everything that goes on off the ice. And as a student athlete, a lot of people that watch your games don't understand the stress that student athletes like yourself go through balancing school and your sport. And of course, in your place, hockey. So, how difficult is this balance, and how have you been able? to manage keeping your play to the best of your ability while striving for your degree in psychology? Uh, it wasn't easy. Like, uh, especially in the beginning, it wasn't easy because, uh, you know, the like the, the main reason you came here is hockey. Uh, and now you have that huge, like, time-consuming uh, thing, like, besides hockey, like, school. 
um but i learned a lot that like what helps you deal with that stress of being a student with all exams and assignments and classes is having a good time management so every week every weekend i like sit down and write down what i have to do this week and when i have to do it and then i will work towards like crossing everything off my to-do list basically uh before and after practice and that's helped helped me a lot re reduce my stress load a lot but it took me some time to learn it let me tell you it was uh, the first year was really stressful until i learned that a good time management can save a lot of energy uh like the energy i can like put into hockey then yeah and you know one thing about last year with covid is classes were online for you for all of us uh, so it was a little easier instead of going from the rink and walking to a class you could just go online but now that we're back in person at osu take me through just one normal day uh, during the week uh, between maybe a Monday because that's where you guys have your practices the most of you wake up you have class and then you have to go to practice as well yeah sure so um, how Monday would look like for me it's like uh waking up in the morning my first class starts at 9 20 so that's nice <laughs> that's like uh, and then I have class for like an hour uh then I have a little break then I have another class for uh 90 minutes um and after that pretty much right away i will like eat something or like go to the rink and eat something there um i usually get treatment before but if you don't have any issue with your body then you're you don't have to get treatment and then we usually go on the ice at like 1 30 ish but that's just for the goalies so goalies we have a goalie world twice a week every Monday and Wednesday and then at 2 15 2 30 ish the whole team gets on then we have practice until 4 35 ish and then we usually have a lift for like 45 50 minutes and then basically done with practice and then we go home and do our assignments that's that's a very busy day my Monday <laughs> is is the easiest day of my week I only have one class and then I just start doing all the other work, but um, I can't imagine going through all that and balancing it all. Um, and it it makes a great reminder for regular students that are listening to this that everyone thinks they have so much on their plate. And then I listen to you, and I, I just can't <laughs> even believe all the things you're juggling and still having to get not just attend the class, but actually excel and do well uh, in trying to get a good degree. Um, so after a great fall semester of hockey, what would you like to change in your game as the Buckeyes push for a WCHA championship and then ultimately trying to get the ultimate goal of the national championship? Yeah, I think what we can what we can prove as a as a team is like finding our rhythm within the games because we got a lot of new players and they have been adjusting really, really good. Like they're amazing, amazing kids and amazing players. But I feel like sometimes we still lack that like uh, rhythm within our game. And I feel like if we can find that, we're, we can win whatever we want um, because we're an amazing team. We're, we have such talented players uh, that I feel like if we can play, if, if we can play together uh, over 60, 60 plus minutes, we can win whatever we want. So yeah, uh, another thing that I can improve is, uh, is uh, finding my level to compete because like over such a long season with like 
huge events like the world championship beginning of the year now the, the, the olympic games is like it's hard because it's like there it's different levels to play uh the international level and the ncaa and i feel like if i can balance that like difference between them i can find my level of game here in the ncaa and uh, win some championship titles for them and when i'm talking to you i can tell one of the biggest things for you is winning and well winning like a national championship is always the goal how important is it for you this year uh since it's your se senior season and you want to make this a reality after your past four years at osu I mean, it has become really, really important because we, like in the past, we were so close to win the national championship. Uh, my second year, we won WCHA title. Uh, last year, well, it was a little after that COVID ha happened, so it wasn't really the same again. But we were always really, really close with last year being in the Frozen Four. And with this year having such a, like, such a talented team i know we have a really good chance to win it um and yeah it's basically my last chance to to win the national championship so that makes it even like more special to go into the last stretch of the season knowing that every game is basically my last game here um but i don't want to like focus too much on that because it's still very long and it's still um a lot of time until then so now i'm just taking step by step or day by day and like i make sure that i prepare myself and stay healthy for the last stretch of the season absolutely and you talked about last year and when you come into ncaa women's hockey you see osu and wisconsin and you guys obviously have a huge rivalry in the same division in the NCAA, uh, and after last year, you guys have a continued rivalry with them, even this season, and with a disappointing end last season, how much fire does this rivalry give you to try and beat them this year? It's almost, you know, there's no Michigan women's hockey team that you guys really compete with. Is that a similar sense with Wisconsin? Oh, for sure. Um, I came, it was, it was the funniest moment in my freshman year, because my freshman year, we were still not like the team to beat we were there to beat other teams and we came into wisconsin uh, on their senior day and this basically this not destroyed them but we won two times in shootout there and that was a huge thing for us and since then it's become like that we are like on the same level like i uh, and it's always really fun to play against them because they're so good and so talented like we are. And they're like, those games are amazing. Like if someone wants to watch a really, really good women's hockey game, watch Wisconsin OSU. Um, so yeah, and especially like sec my second year, we won against the WCHA tournament title and the year after they beat us in the same game uh, and they beat us in Frozen Four. So it's, uh, there's a lot of fire in myself to beat them again this year. Unfortunately, we did lose against them uh, the first weekend series we had uh, in Wisconsin this year, but they're coming again to us uh, on our senior day. So I'm really fired up to beat them on that senior day and then hopefully later in the tournaments. I have those dates circled on my calendar already. Can't <laughs> wait for those. And then hopefully in Minnesota in the WCHA championship, uh, so let's move on from OSU a little bit and move on to the news that came out recently this week uh, when we're recording this that 
This year, you've been named to the 2022 Women's Olympic team for Team Switzerland. First of all, congratulations on that. I know it's a big accomplishment. But when you hear those words that you're going to be a two-time Olympian, how does that make you feel and how much pride do you get from representing your country on the biggest stage? Right now, you're wearing a Team Switzerland Olympic jacket right now, so I can sense that you have big pride in that. Oh, a lot. There's a lot of pride. And every time I hear those words, like words that I'm a two times Olympian, I'm like, I'm getting chills because like you can't really realize that until you're actually there. Uh, so I still haven't really realized that I'm leaving in a week to like to go to Beijing to start that like huge journey. Um, and it gives just gives me a lot of pride to like be able to represent my country uh, on such a huge stage uh, with like so many other countries there and with the like the world watching us. But also it makes me so proud proud that I be able to also represent the Buckeyes at the Olympics and show them what like who we are here and what we have accomplished with the team in the past. Because I'm not the same person that I was in 2018 at my first Olympics. And I want to show that. And I want to show everyone that, uh, yeah, it was that OSU that like made me who I am right now. And I'm really, really proud of that. that I'll be able to, to say I'm a Buckeye, but also I'm a Swiss national team member and I'm Olympian. I love that. You're representing two reds, one Swiss red and one scarlet red. Uh, and I know I told you before the podcast that I've been to Switzerland. I can tell uh, how beautiful of a country that is that you're representing. And we're so excited for you. Um, but like I said, you're a two-time Olympian. So after being at the Olympics before, what lessons have you learned from 2018 that will change your experience in China this time around? Mm, I feel like um, my first time, it was like a huge thing, of course. Every athlete is a it's like a, it's a dream to go to Olympics if you have the chance and I was really really nervous and I had no idea what to expect so everything I saw was like it was so overwhelming the whole thing like the Olympic Village the ice rinks the media there um and that was a lot of like that was very very energy consuming like I used a lot of energy to worry about things I can't control like the media like who we, how are we getting there how are we getting there what are we doing then like we have an off day what are we what are we doing and everything uh and that took a lot of energy from me that maybe i couldn't really put into hockey then um so being a two two-time olympian and knowing that like uh you can't control everything especially in that time now we have with covid and everything that will help me a lot having that experience from 218 uh, that I can like, that I'm not worrying about things I can't control of and that I can like forget about it and just put that energy I can save there into hockey and hopefully get my best level of, of compete there. And it's going to be a different Olympics too with it being in China and there being less fans due to everything that's going on right now. But you talked about so much going on in 2018. What was your best Olympic memory that you remember? Oh, I think one of the best was uh, for sure the op opening ceremony. Uh, it was like, because like that, that was the moment. Until then, you know, yeah, you were in the Olympic Village and yes, you were like training in the, in the, the ice rink and everything. But being able to walk 
into that stadium with your your country being called on um with all the like the swiss athletes like wearing the same with our swiss flag bearer in front of us that just like made me realize that i accomplished my dream and it was that moment that i like that, that i will probably remember for the rest of my life uh because that was that was yeah that maybe a little cry if i'm honest <laughs> yeah I, I can sense the emotion right now and uh obviously if i was in that place i'd feel the same thing that's uh just i think that's a moment right there when they call your name and it's like a pinch me moment right i'm actually here i'm representing my country they're calling on switzerland and that's me uh, so yeah. i can just imagine uh how powerful that moment was for you and well, you're going to represent Team Switzerland. We are in the middle of the Buckeye season. How difficult is it for you to leave your Buckeye family midway through the season? Ultimately, you are coming back to help them in their postseason run, but uh, leaving for the next few weeks. Um, it was very hard um, because I, I knew that I will miss game. I will miss important games like the, the Minnesota weekend. Um, that was hard because like, I, I want to play every single weekend. I want to win those games for us every weekend. And not having the chance to control anything, to just being on a different continent again and watch them compete and just hope that they will play their best and like win every game, which I know they will. Like I have faith and I believe my team will do the best they can when I'm gone. But that was just really hard because I want to take action. I want to take that responsibility to like play every weekend in Windows games. But again, I know we have other three other amazing goalies who can step up for me, and I know they will do their best to to win the game. So, so yeah, it was kind of sad when I will will because I will miss those like games. But it's okay <laughs> now. And on the lighter side, you're missing uh two to three weeks of classes too. So. Uh, that's okay for you, I guess, after you say you're, you're not a big school fan. But, um, you know, even though you're leaving the Buckeyes for a few weeks, coming back after being an Olympian, you're going to have a lot of lessons in those few weeks in Beijing. What do you think you can bring back uh, as a new attribute or a lesson from the Olympics that can help you with this final push for a national championship? I think what can, the Olympics will give me a lot of like a lot of self confidence, uh, a lot of like in myself, in my play, in my game style, uh, in my technique and everything. Um, and I think that confidence will help me a lot, and that I will help will help me a lot, like bring that confidence into like the OSU team, uh, and hopefully will like affect my teammates and give them some confidence to having that in mind that they have a, an Olympian in the, in the net now. Um, so I feel like, yeah, that confidence will help me a lot uh, in the, like the final stretch of the season when I come back. And them knowing, obviously they're so proud of you about going to the Olympics. And I, I talked about it as a Buckeye family, and that's the sense I get from seeing all of you play on the ice together. Having a strong locker room dynamic is important for every team, but how close is your team and what is it like going to the locker room every single day with uh, with your teammates? It's I can I can tell you it's it's a family. Like we are a family here, and especially for me and 
the other European players we have, the two Finns, uh, it was very hard for us because we left our family behind uh, in our countries and we came here, but we found another family. Like we found the 20, 21 sisters every year and coaches who like, uh, like became kind of like our moms. Um, the same accounts for like all the, the moms and dads from our teammates who treated us like like we're one of their family members and that was a huge thing and it's always like such a so I, I always love going to practice every day just because I see everyone again uh not just because I love hockey but also because I love my teammates and that that's a huge thing and that just makes the whole experience a lot more um a lot more better here and is there something different about this group this year that you think takes you to a different level to go over the edge and win that ultimate goal? Yeah, I feel like this year uh, we have a lot more depth depth in our team. Uh, like we have so, so many players who are so talented and who can step up and like make those goals and uh, like win us does, does like the games we have to win. Um, so I feel like that has changed a lot over the past um, four years. Uh, when I think back to my my freshman year, we had we had good players, but we only had a couple really really good players who can like who always. And now we have uh, 20, 22 players, twenty one players who can who can step up and make those like games, make those plays, that will bring us like win us the national championship. And one thing about your team or any college team is every year you have a new wave of players and you have some leaving. And as a senior, you guys are the leaders of the group. Uh, like automatically, you're the leadership group because you've been there the longest. And I know that's really important in creating a great team. And being a leader in the community and on your team is about growing the game of hockey in Columbus, back in Switzerland, and in your place especially for young girls to try and get into hockey. And OSU's recently been a part of the Blue Jackets Hockey for Her event, trying to grow hockey for women. Also recently been part of visiting an annual sled hockey tournament in Columbus that I volunteer at. How important is the community outreach to you and for the rest of your team? Oh, it's very, very important uh, because we always tell ourselves, uh, play for her. That can mean play for your past self, but also play for the little girl at home that watches you play the hockey and just like loves watching you like play play the game I love. And uh, I want to give that love to the community and I want to show everyone how cool and amazing hockey is, especially for girls. Um, because over the past couple of years, uh, women's hockey has has experienced a lot of growth. Uh, but we're not where we are, where we want to be. And I feel like it's important for every um, female hockey player to take take a part in that growth and to take out uh, the, the game of hockey into the community and show little girls that they can do what I can do. Uh, and it just gives me a lot of joy when I am at those events and see the smile on little girls' face who loves to play hockey. Uh, and who wants to do that for the rest of her life. And that just uh, makes me feel humble and really grateful that I can be that leader in the community and show little girls what can what they're capable of doing. Absolutely. And in Columbus itself, I can sense that the sport is growing. Uh, girls hockey specifically, 
the Blue Jackets are starting a new AAA women's team uh, next year, which is really exciting. Uh, now moving on, we just have a few more questions left. This is the part where, you know, it's been four years at OSU. It's time to reflect a little bit. I first want to ask you before we get into the final few questions, um, what are your plans after graduating Ohio State this year? I know that's big. <laughs> Maybe you haven't decided yet. And if you haven't, that's okay. Oh, that question. Everyone is asking me that, but it's so hard because like once you graduate from college, you're, you're basically have the whole world open for you to choose whatever you want. And that's kind of hard, but of course I want to keep playing hockey. Um, so I, and there is always the option of my fifth year because like every athlete got a year back because of COVID. So I'm currently looking in that maybe. And then I, I'm looking into options in Sweden to play hockey and of course uh, back home in Switzerland. So I have like those three countries right now, USA, Sweden and Switzerland to choose from and we'll see where that goes. <laughs> awesome. I can't wait to hear that decision for you and the rest of the Buckeyes family. Uh, who knows, maybe we'll get another interview next year or maybe you'll come on after the Olympics. Uh, but last few questions here. Um, it's been four years. Looking back at your time in Columbus, what has been your favorite memory? It could be a hockey memory or just off the ice in, uh, as an Ohio State Buckeye that you've had so far. I actually have two two memories that I love. One was, uh, of course, winning the WCHA tournament title. Uh, that was a huge thing, and it was like history for our school, like school program too. On that, like, was amazing to experience and to be a part, like, be able to like be a part of that um the other memory i have is like a saturday game day like football game day um especially like when i came here like every saturday they like the football team had a game seeing like those thousands and thousands of people out on the street wearing buckeye jerseys and like just the whole environment of that game day just like every time gives me chills uh, and that's the one thing or one memory I will never forget how that is of uh, being in that stadium or just walking around campus on game days. I, and I'm sure that was a huge culture shock for you uh, from coming from Switzerland that doesn't have American football to here where there's 100,000 people stacking into a stadium. And I'm so excited that that was, be able, was able to be back this year. Um, and here, you know, hockey, there's always serious moments during games, but there's always funny and goofy moments as well. Uh, what has been the funniest or goofiest moment uh, with the Buckeyes that you have witnessed? And like I always like to say to my guests that you can share uh, because sometimes there can be some that, you know, can't be recorded. Oh, wow. I've never thought about that. Um, well, first of all, I'm a really like... Uh, well, not funny person, but I'm kind of loose on the ice. I wanted to be that because uh, that's just how I am because I love the sport I'm doing and I love being there and that just makes me happy. So I feel like every time I step on the ice on a game day uh, or on a game, I feel that joy and that happiness coming to myself. Uh, and I wanted to sh I want to, to always share that moment with my, te my teammates. So every time we like do the huddle before like the game starts and like, you know, like talk a little bit on the ice there, uh, get out everything, everyone checked up. It's just always like a funny, far, funny, but also like a, a, a chill moment because like realizing that, hey, we can play a game again, especially in the time now where you 
you can't ever take everything from for, for granted that just uh yeah that makes you so humble and so like like the like so joyful that you can experience every time um Goofy moments, I don't know. I don't know if I want to share that because those are like locker room stories and I don't really want to share. I want to, don't want to expose my fellow teammates with that. So I will, yeah, I will, I, I will stick to the moments on the ice. That's fine. <laughs> that, that's okay. And, um, you know, other hockey teams do the same and you can just say yes. You don't need to answer or I'd like you to answer, but are, are, there, are there pranks in the locker room? You don't need to share any because it sounds like you want to keep that tight lip, but. Does that type of, type of stuff yeah, happen? Sometimes there are pranks going on, but I won't share what kinds of pranks. But again, we're we're loving each other very much, and I feel like uh, those pranks are just uh, the result of us like being so tight together and loving each other so much. And that's a good thing that we have pranks. I think absolutely. So now <laughs> with the podcast, usually in a regular episode, we have rapid headlines where we do headlines really quickly. I want to do some rapid questions with you. Uh, one second, give me the answer uh, as we wrap up the episode. Favorite Switzerland food? Chocolate. Chocolate. My, I, I like chocolate, I, but I also like raclette when I was there. That was, oh, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a big cheese guy. Uh, favorite restaurant in Columbus? Uh, oh, no, uh, First Watch. First Watch. And what about favorite dining place on campus well i i lived in scott's house so i will take i will go with uh scott's tradition tradition that, of scott's yeah yeah that's a popular option of course and uh snow or summer snow for sure that sounds like you're coming from switzerland perfect yeah. <laughs> uh, which teammate do you think uh is the funniest in the locker room um oh Sarah second and our Finnish girl, I think. And which is your favorite Buckeyes jersey that you guys wear? Uh, the red one, the scarlet one. I like that one. I also, when I saw you guys wearing those black jerseys once, those oh, are yeah. also really cool. I they wish, are. I wish both the men's team and the women's team had those uh, so we could see them more often. Uh, well, Andrea, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Uh, I'm going to give it to you for a second to say see if you have anything else you want to end off with uh no just thank you for having me thanks you for inviting me and just you know, enjoy that snowy day of course andrea thank you so much for coming on the show sharing your story best of luck in the rest of the ncaa season uh scar and gray sports radio can't wait to continue to cover it and in the wcha championships as well and we hope that you have a fantastic time in beijing representing the Buckeyes and Switzerland at the 2022 Olympic Games. And Thank we can't wait so we can't wait to cheer you on and watch it on TV even if it's at 4 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> so thanks Thank so, you much. so much. Of course. Thank you. Today, 614 Check is excited to welcome one of the Ohio State men's hockey team star senior forwards who transferred to the Ohio State University after a three-year run as a Terrier at Boston University with a total of 13 goals, 30 assists for a total of 43 points in the NCAA, including an explosive 10, 16, and 26 season in Columbus. Today's guest was drafted in 2018 by the Chicago Blackhawks in the third round. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jake Wise to the show. And Jake, 
thanks so much for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Happy to be in person, too. Yeah, I mean, those listening to the podcast, you know, this is my first in-person interview uh, in a while due to everything with COVID. So it's great to be here with you and talk about a few things before the show. We were talking about you being in Boston, Florida. You were born in Florida, then went to Boston, and now your family's back in Florida. So you're a traveled man of many different tastes. And like I said, you're, you're from Florida. You were born there. You grew up in Boston. Now you're in Columbus. And, you know, I'm a big sweets guy, right? And let's say you have a key lime pie in front of you, a lobster tail pastry from Mike's or Modern Pastry in Boston, or you have a chocolate buckeye. Which one are you choosing? That's a tough one. I, I got to go with my roots, I think, in Boston. You can't get better than Mike's and Modern. They're so good. I actually haven't had a chocolate buckeye either, which I think is, that's a bad thing to say right now. So, Well, well, you're you're in the middle of the season, so you can make that excuse that you're in mid-season form. After the season's over, you can maybe get a buckeye from Anthony yeah. Thomas or something. Where Anthony? Anthony Thomas. Anthony it's, Thomus. It's a good one. You I can gotta all, get one. You can go to the factory, too. You watch them make them. Maybe you can do, do that with the team after. Really? No one's told me about this. You're the first one to tell me. So, <laughs> Well, you got to tell the team now and go go there as a trip. I don't know if Coach Rollick will like that in the middle of the season, but maybe after. Yeah. Well, we'll get it on the schedule. And are you uh, – I know there's that rivalry between Mike's and Modern. Are Have you chosen the side or you go back and forth? They're so – they're both so good. I, I don't – I mean, I think when you go there, like – uh, to me, at least, this is what my family does. Like, whichever line shorter, like it, it's a crazy line. That's and, fair. Yeah, so they're both unbelievable. Well, I, I, I hope that we can all go in Boston when you guys uh, hopefully make it to the Frozen Four this year. As the Frozen Four for men's hockey is going to be in Boston, Massachusetts. So, like I said, you're from Florida, and then you moved to Massachusetts. How did you get into hockey, especially in Florida when you were young? And when did you know that? It was your dream to be an NHL player and play in the NCAA as well. Yeah, uh, my dad actually, he was the one that got me into hockey. So uh, both my mom and my dad grew up in Boston. So uh, they they uh, were always around hockey, but my mom never played. My dad played, uh, and he played all the way up through high school. And, and into uh, he played in the club for ASU actually in college, So which is pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, so he got me in, and. Man, like at first he said I didn't like it. Like I hated it. I hated skating. Like I, I'd fall so much, and he just kept, he kept uh, putting me out there. And I think like as I definitely when I was in Florida, like I was obsessed with hockey. Like we go into so many Panthers games, and uh, I think that's when I knew I wanted to to play in the NHL, and that's when it first started. And then moving back up to Boston, I think that's when uh, it got more serious because better talent, better competition, and I was traveling so much, so. It was, uh, yeah, growing up in Florida, it was fun to get be around hockey. And was it difficult to find any ice time there? I mean, I'm going around, I'm trying to find some rinks when I'm down there, and uh, sometimes it's hard to find, but now that the Panthers are getting a little bigger right now with their season as well, uh, how is trying to find a good team, ice time there as well? Yeah, I think when I was down there, there there weren't many teams. Now I now I know there's so many. Like now it's kind of crazy. Like hockey's popping down the south, which is which is awesome to see. But yeah, there weren't many teams. I played for the Palm Beach IceHawks. That was my first team. My dad was my coach, so they're actually still like a junior team. But but before, like, I think it, they weren't didn't even have a junior team. It was just for the younger kids. And then uh, yeah, then I went to the Florida Junior Panthers, and that's that's where. 
that's where uh, I really started to play. And I think my dad was my coach there too, which which was pretty cool. But yeah, he, he found a way to find me ace, luckily. He kept pushing you, even though you said like at the beginning he didn't want you, you weren't liking it. But yeah, I think that's because I was falling. <laughs> <laughs> I I felt the same way when I started. I was trying to get those hockey stops, and and my coach kept pushing me, keep going, keep going, keep going, and then I, eventually I I just went with it. But now I'm broadcasting. So <laughs> when you were thinking about you know your dream going into the NHL, you had two different routes. You could have gone the junior route, going the OHL or more of those professional leagues where you can't play in the NCAA or you could have played college hockey. How did you make that decision and was it a difficult one? I I think it was a pretty easy one actually. Like growing up in Boston, I mean, you got four schools just in just in Boston and then outside the city, I mean, hockey stick like, I feel like you almost you're almost 30 minutes away from a college team everywhere. So, I went to a ton of college games and then my dad also he uh he wanted me to get an education. Just you never know what happens. Like get hurt. You're like you're always one injury away from, from uh, being out of hockey, which which is it sucks, but that's the reality. So he was like, you need something to fall back on, and um, yeah. I mean, I I think I always thought college hockey was so cool, and when I got drafted into major junior, I, I mean, it was like a a cool. Like, I really didn't even know. Like I wasn't paying attention. It was it was cool for like a second, but I uh I never really thought of it and. And I'm really happy I did go to college. I made so many good friends, and being at both schools, I've I've, I've had a I've had a lot of great teammates and people around me. So, and and part of that like first step into getting into the NCAA, a lot of American players go to the USNTDP. What was that experience like being with some of the best players in America that were your age? Yeah, it was a blast. I mean, there a lot of those guys are so some of my closest friends. Like. Uh, Faraby, Walsh, Matias Samuelson, Johnny Gruden. Like I, I talk to all of them. Like uh, I don't know, at least once a week, if not more. We're we're all really close. And going there, I mean, that was that was like the first real d- dream I had was that I checked off my list, which was really cool. And that was a that was a big deal for me when I was when I was 16, and I loved it. I mean, and my billet family, like they're awesome. They're they were up at Michigan State, and they're coming to the Michigan game next weekend too. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been – it was such a dream come true. It was so fun, and, uh, yeah, I made some so many great relationships there too. And then you get to put on the red, white, and blue too, which must have been a great feeling. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. We had we had such a good team. We made – we won a couple of tournaments. We made a really good run at U18 Worlds. Fell, fell short, but, yeah, it, it was a dream come true. And you talk about dreams. You've been using that word a lot. You had the dream to – represent the United States in that development program but your ultimate dream is to be a National Hockey League player and in 2018 your dream came true being drafted to the National Hockey League by the Chicago Blackhawks take me through that day or that draft week of what was going through your mind and how you felt when you heard your name or got that call from the Blackhawks like I'm not kidding nothing more stressful than that weekend (laughs) really like yeah I I think it's just because like the pressure like I, I always put a lot of pressure on myself and like so going in like you want to get picked as high as possible right like everyone does and uh so yeah it was stressful but i mean the everything leading up was a blast i mean i had a bunch of family and friends down there we flew down to dallas and um yeah we did we were just kind of bouncing around dallas like doing a lot of things i think my parents were trying to uh like keep my mind off of it and so we were we were doing a bunch everything we could down there and 
yeah, it was it was so much fun. And then it, once I got picked on the second day, I mean, it was such a relief. And going through all the media, it was like the first like real like holy like wow like welcome to the NHL. Like it's pretty really cool just having the the jersey on, walking around, like doing all the interviews. That was a blast. And then yeah, we went to uh we we celebrated after we went to dinner and yeah, it was really fun. It was an awesome weekend and it was it was a, yeah like you said a dream come true hearing my name called. And it made all. Maybe all the worrying and all the things you've done in the past worth it, I assume. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, it it was incredible. It was incredible and such a good organization. And, yeah, I, I have such a great relationship with everyone in the Hawks organization now. So, yeah, it was it was, it was was awesome. And how'd, they keep your, how'd your parents keep your mind off things? Some brisket in, in Dallas and Texas? Your barbecue guy? Or? Yeah, we, yeah, I mean that, yeah. We, we went to a couple dinners. I think we went to, like, hibachi one night, random. Went to Top Golf down there. It was it was really fun. It was it was like looking back, like I wish I could have just like really enjoyed it more, especially the days before I got picked. But it was all worth it. And you talked about your relationship with the Blackhawks organization over the past four years. How has that relationship been over the past year or so? And have you guys been communicating often? Yeah, all like I think all four years they've really uh they've really been trying to help me. I mean, I had a couple couple tough years, injuries and coming back and like every step of the way they've been there and they've they've been trying to help and yeah I mean I, I think every year like especially this year we've uh we, we talk like I don't know a couple times a month and do video and yeah they're like they're just trying to help anywhere they can and I'm so thankful for that because I think I've learned a lot from from them let's move on to the NCAA a little bit you started being a terrier um you know in Boston like you said there's four colleges close to you was being a terrier for your first three years when you made that college decision an easy one? It it was pretty easy. I mean, I knew I wanted to go to BC and BU, and so when I was uh when I was first looking at schools, I I didn't even like choose to tour any other ones, which was kind of ridiculous to me <laughs> looking back. But I literally I only went to BC and BU, um, and I actually grew up loving BC. Like I loved BC. Went to BC games more than BU games. Always rooted for them in the Bean Pot. But uh, when it came down to it, I I loved Coach Quinn, who's now the Olympic coach right now, and um, Steve Greeley. I think he just got a new job with Dallas Stars, and so I had such a great relationship with them. And I think that's what that's what uh, made the decision easier because it wasn't. It actually wasn't easy. I mean. I was I, it was right those are two like dream schools being from Boston so they made the decision easy and yeah it was it was it was a decision that's for sure <laughs> and it was a terrier or an eagle and the terrier's a nice dog so you chose a good one and how would you describe those 3 years with the terriers yeah there's a lot of adversity those 3 years that's for sure um it wasn't what i expected it wasn't wasn't how i wanted it to go which is fine. I mean, I'm and I'm really glad how everything's ended up. Like, I couldn't be happier being here. But yeah, I mean, first year I got hurt pretty early into the year, missed the whole season. Second year coming back, like, didn't really feel like myself till the end there. And then all of a sudden the season's over. And then last year was just a mess with COVID. Yeah. So I, I, it was just time. Like by the end of it, it was just time to to move on and. I learned so much about myself and I, I mean, like I loved my teammates there, like all great people. I still talk to a lot of them like, like weekly, but yeah, I think it was, it was hard. It was hard, but like it helped me a lot. made me grow as a person and a player and it led me here. And like, like I said, I couldn't be happier being here. 
And thinking about once you knew you wanted to transfer, what was it about Ohio State that made you come to Columbus? Yeah, so I knew I wanted to go to the Big Ten. Like I always thought this conference was so cool, and Ohio State was really the the team that I talked to the most. And like I, I absolutely loved Bitsy Killer and Rawls. Like I was so close with them, and I feel like like on the phone, I I never got to meet him in person. I actually never even got to come here till after I committed, just because of COVID. But uh, I just had such a great relationship with them, and um, we had some mutual friends like who knew each other, which was which was helpful. So I kind of got like to know like who they actually were as a person, not just as a coach. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's been awesome. And then I got, obviously when I got here on my official, like the campus is unbelievable. Like the college atmosphere is crazy. Like, like it's really a true college. And that's what I was looking for because in Boston, you don't really get like this campus college feel. Mm -hmm. It's, it's much more like you're just living in the city and you go to class, but here, like I really feel like you're at a college, like you got the football games and everything. So yeah, everything about it here I love. It's, it's it's an unbelievable school. So you said you didn't get to meet the coaching staff before you committed. Did you come to OSU beforehand, or you just said, I want to be a Buckeye, and you came here after and were experiencing everything for the first time? Yeah, I just watched a video. <laughs> wow. I watched a video. I was like, oh, that's – I mean, I, I actually – I knew, like, one person from Boston that went here and like I, I mean I didn't but like I never they weren't like I wasn't close to them like I really just like had seen like snap stories Instagram stories and I was like oh that place looks cool fun like that's kind of that's about all I really knew I never been I, I've only been to Ohio to play against like Youngstown and USHL I think so yeah it was really just based off a video and I actually had um Vidoli and Cheremetta they they were both uh they both transferred here too from BU. We were in the same class, so I talked to them a lot. And then Joe Dunlap actually he went to um, he went to high school with me, so he awesome. also he also was telling me about it. So I yeah, I got to talk to them beforehand, and then yeah, like I said, so happy. And was it close to the videos or more than you imagined that you're happy with? Yeah, it's it's so much more. It's so hard to like tell what something's like out of a video and. I mean, I think the craziest thing was like my first game day. Like it was, it was against Oregon, that home game. Like it was crazy, and like I thought, like that's where I really felt like like it's such a big community and like, ever. I mean, the whole city of Columbus is basically like Ohio State. Like you walk around everywhere, like you see Ohio State gear. And I think that's so cool. And were you a little disappointed once they lost to Oregon? That you're <laughs> you're second guessing things, or you were sure? No, I was I was sure. <laughs> But I wish they won. <laughs> Absolutely, me too. I, that was my first game as I'm a freshman. That was my first college game too. Um, obviously, living in Columbus before, I've been to a bunch of Buckeyes games. But that Oregon one was the first one. I was hoping they were going to win it. But maybe when they play them in a few years in Oregon, they'll they'll change the tide. But coming as a senior uh, transfer, how difficult was that switch for you? New living environment, new teammates, and it was your senior year and switching – everything with the academics as well. Yeah, I think the hardest part was switching academics. Like, I think I'm, I'm pretty behind now and trying to play catch-up. But other than that, I mean, like, I, I think it, it actually went really smooth. Like I said, knowing those three guys that were here last year, um, that helped a lot because I was able to talk to them and, uh, and kind of get a feel. And then, so, like, obviously knowing three guys, once you go to a team, like, that helps so much. Like, you can, like, right there, like, you're comfortable, at least a little comfortable. Um, so that was really easy. And 
like meeting everyone like they made it so easy like they really have and the coaching staff was was awesome with it so yeah I think it could have been much harder than it actually was so I'm really grateful for that and you know now coming into this year uh you've you kept saying that it's been an amazing year how would you describe this year so far on and off the ice obviously you've had a great season with a lot of points and goals um, but how would you describe this season as a total on the ice and also off the ice as well? Yeah, off the ice has been has been awesome. I mean, it's the first year where it's, it seems pretty normal back from COVID. Like, there's obviously still regulations wearing a mask and stuff, but, like, it, it definitely feels more normal. So I think immediately, like, that helps the experience so much off the ice. And I've made such great relationships with all the guys and hanging out. Like, it, it, it's been awesome off the ice. So... We have such a great group. I think I've said that a lot. Like, we really do. Like, we're all really close. And I've been on teams where it's not like that. So it's really fun, like, being on a team where everyone is really close and pulling together. And then off the ice, I think I think, I think, think off the ice, like, how close we are, like, helps us on the ice. Like, we're all, we all believe in each other. We're all, we're all working hard for each other. And I think Raul says it all the time, like, like even the guys who are in and out of the lineup, like they're working hard every single day to like get back in and pushing us to get better. I think that's such a great thing we have going, and I think that's why we have so much success is everyone's pulling in the same direction. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a blast on the ice, and like we got a couple of big ones coming up, so we got to keep it rolling. Absolutely. You guys are very close to the end of the season, but you guys have been doing so well, and I'm sure you try and you know push out the noise that's going around um, but at the beginning of the season, obviously, Ohio State was ranked last in the preseason poll. And I see as you're laughing now, we look back and look at where you guys are now. Has it been that just how great of a locker room that is that everyone's rallying together trying to prove everyone wrong, especially with the new guys coming in? Yeah, I mean, when I, when I saw that we were ranked last, like especially in the preseason, like I, I was actually really surprised because – I mean, I wasn't here last year. I didn't really know what was going on. Like, I knew it was a down year, but it was yeah, like last year was a weird year with COVID. So, mm-hmm. like, Ohio State's had a ton of success in the past, and last year was just kind of a mess. Like, that's all I that's all I kind of knew. And like, I was telling my dad, like, like I was texting with him, and I think I talked on the phone with him about it. And I was like, I I just, like, just can't see us being like bad this year. Like, I, I, I in the preseason, I was like, we like everyone's good. Like, we don't have any players that are like bad. I, I don't just don't see how it wouldn't work. So I, I like I was really surprised seeing that, and I think yeah, we've we've definitely proved that wrong. Like that's yeah, for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. And everyone saw it. every all. I mean, we talked about it quickly. Like like not. I mean, not like we sat down and had a meeting about it, but just like in passing, like guys kind of laughed it off. Because I think everyone knew how good we were, so it was it was weird. It was funny. It was, it was funny, and I think looking back, it's awesome now to see. And did it give you guys a little bit more motivation, or you just brushed it aside and said, "Let's just keep doing what we thought we were gonna do"? I think a little bit of both. I think it sits in the back of like guys' heads every once in a while. I don't think it's something that people uh, were all like kind of sitting there like harping on, but. I think it, everyone knows about it. So I, I think we, we really do just kind of push forward and, and do what we can do and keep getting better every day. But that's definitely there for sure. And you talked about how welcoming everyone was in the locker room. How would you describe the Buckeyes men's hockey locker room this year? Obviously, when we're walking and I'm walking to, to the broadcast studio at the arena, you can hear the music bumping. Everyone's getting excited. And off the ice as well, you guys are just 
a big group hanging out together. What is that dynamic like, and how fun is it to be with these guys doing, you know, maybe you're going for dinners, also just having fun after classes and things like that? Yeah, uh, like you said, I mean, like we're always hanging out. So we we all, we have such a good group. Uh, it's really been so fun. And I think, like, it's actually funny. It's, like, our team, like, before and before games and during games is, like, probably one of the most relaxed teams I've been on. Like, guys are always joking around. Like no matter when it is, like any like in between periods, right before the game, like guys are always joking, and I think like that doesn't work for some teams, but for us, I mean, like that's how it has to be. Like if we just were all serious, I I don't think it would be, I don't think it'd be good. But yeah, we we have such a good group, so many good guys, so many good players, and uh, yeah, we we uh, I don't know, the environment's been great, so we gotta just keep it going. And who's choosing the music in the locker room? Oh, we got a. Uh, Tate, Tate always jumps on right away. Sometimes get kicked off. <laughs> Goose, Goose is on there sometimes. I think Grant Gabriel has the best music, but he's on. He's on sometimes. He's on. Well, maybe you got to try and push to to get him going a little bit. No, he likes he likes going. Sometimes he just doesn't get there soon enough. He's got to he's got to get to the rink earlier. Okay. Well, well <laughs> maybe once he listens to this, maybe he'll have a little more. More yeah. push to get there. I'll get him out of bed. <laughs> and uh, I'm guessing your roommates with him then. Yeah, he's what? It's me, uh, Ryan Snowden, Dom Vidoli, and Grant. And how is that? Also, you guys are living with your teammates as well. Does that help a little bit with just the entire atmosphere? Yeah, it definitely does. It's like we're all—I mean, us four—hanging out every single day. Like where we go back to the house, and and they we're all there hanging out, watching hockey, whatever it may be. So. Yeah, that helps a lot, and I think that helped me a lot with getting like acclimated to OSU was living with teammates, and especially Dom because he's the guy that I knew, so I was really comfortable right away, which which was really helpful. And you said you guys are joking around, playing around. You know, every hockey locker room has some jokesters, some pranks. What are some of the funniest moments that you've had this year that you've witnessed? And I always say to my guests that you can share um, mm. because I'm sure there's some things you want to keep behind closed yeah. doors. Yeah, there are. There are definitely <laughs> some things. I I think uh biggest jokes on the team is probably Dobie, the goalie, which is I think is kind of funny because usually goalies are much more serious. He's not at all. Like he'll he always will like put like water cups like in guys' helmets and when you pull it off like it spills right on you. Oh boy. I think he did that to Mark once, Chermeta. But yeah, he he that guy's always joking around. Has anyone tried to get him back? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if anybody has gotten him back. But we uh, he probably we all joke around him probably the most because he, he he gives it the most too. So he's probably like you know you see Mark Andre Fleury who's a Blackhawk now doing you know some pranks. So maybe he's like that equivalent in the sense, and especially Honestly. with the language barrier with him coming now to the U.S. I guess you guys are welcoming him in and letting him do a little pranks around. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And is that the best prank, the water, or are some other guys pulled some things? That's probably, like, the best prank, I would say. Not many pranks going, which is which is good. Because when you get into those wars, that can be slippery slope. You don't want the clear tape on the bottom of the skate. No, side. no, you don't want that. Goose actually got on the ice with the skate guards on the other day. That was funny. And That wasn't a prank, though. That was just he wasn't ready. And how would Coach uh, Rollick think about that? Or he, he didn't see everyone it. on the ice when they were just banging their stick, like going insane. I don't know if everyone saw it, but like everyone knew about it immediately after because everyone was going crazy. 
and as the captain, you, you think he he would get the the skate guards, but yeah. I, I'm sure I'm sure he's not gonna forget them again. No, yeah, no. And, <laughs> and now you guys getting into that final stretch, you know, you've talked about you guys being so cohesive, and then you have those road trips, especially when you guys are going to Minnesota. You guys got to fly instead of bus trips. Uh, how great have those road trips environments been as well? Yeah, the road's always fun. I mean, it's always good to get to get out of Columbus once in a while just and just be in a hotel, just the team and it's all that's always fun. Like I, I actually always love road trips. I think they're a blast. Uh but yeah, road trips are I don't know if we, we sometimes don't get to hang out as much in road trips, like during like like the Friday and Saturday days because guys like to take naps and stuff and road trips are much more like structured with like the schedule. But on Thursdays when we get in, like Thursday night, like everyone's kinda hanging out in each other's rooms and like we started playing cards a lot, which is fun, but yeah, it's, it's not road, road trips are, it's tough to really like hang out sometimes just because like the naps and schedule and you kind of have to be doing something like it seems like almost like every hour, but yeah, road trips are awesome. They're- and it's interesting. Cause sometimes I hear from some teams, especially when I talk to some players on the women's hockey team, they're like, that's our best time to, to hang out all the time. Cause we're always together. But then you saying like the structure it's a little different i guess it also depends on each team yeah it does it does depend i mean because like on fridays we'll wake up we'll have breakfast so we'll hang we're hanging out at breakfast and then we go to the rink we we'll do a morning skate and that's like and that's just kind of practice so we're we're hanging out in the locker room but it's still just like kind of practice and then we get back and we're usually eating lunch and then like from that lunch period till we have like a snack like most guys are kind of napping so it's it's just kind of I don't know. Unless you're not napping, it's kind of tough to to hang out. And it all revolves around the meals, I guess. It, it does. It does. So I'm telling you, eventually, you guys got to have some Buckeyes. Some we do. You got to have some chocolate we Buckeyes do. eventually. I agree. So you guys are have one big road trip left. You're going up to Michigan this coming week when we're recording this podcast. You guys have Minnesota. Final big stretch of the season. You guys are ranked eighth in some places, ninth in others really at the top of the Big Ten standings. How important is this final stretch, and how confident are you that the this Buckeyes team is something special and can prove that preseason poll wrong and raise the Big Ten championship and the national championship trophy? Yeah, I mean, it's such a huge stretch. I think it's probably some of the biggest four games of the year. I mean, these are the only two teams that are really ranked ahead of us in the Big Ten. So I think this could be a time for us to prove to the polls that that we're, we're just as good, if not better. So make make that jump in the rankings. And then, obviously, like we got the regular season championship and the playoff championship and national championship coming up. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's really exciting. Really, it's starting to feel like playoff hockey. Like, every game is much harder. I've been in a couple more one-goal games. So, yeah, I mean, and I'm really confident. I think Coach Rollick's really confident. He's really said, like, He's put the chips down on our group, no matter what the what the uh, score is, and going into the third, whatever it may be. He's like, he's like, I would always bet on you guys. You guys are such a good group. You work hard during the week, and it shows. And so, I mean, if he's that confident, I think that gives us even more confidence going in. It. So, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for what we got to come. And one of the biggest things with the regular season standings is. If you guys are the number one team, you have in the Big Ten playoffs the knuckle bucks behind you here at Valley City Arena the entire way. How important 
has that fan base been for you guys, especially when you guys are a third-period team? You guys have all these crazy comebacks, overtime wins all the time, and you have the the dogs with North there trying to cheer you guys on. How important is that entire atmosphere? Yeah, it's it's actually unbelievable. It's so cool. And I think our, our rink is set up, like, perfectly for, for the knuckle bucks and all the fans. Like, we really hear it. We, we get energy out of it. So, yeah, it would be unbelievable to be home the whole way and – be able to to have them behind us the whole way that'd be that'd be awesome they've been great north north has been cool like I, i've never seen that before never seen a dog in the stand so that's awesome but yeah like the home games are always a blast we love them and the fans have been unbelievable this year especially after last year where no one played mm-hmm. in front of fans so it makes it even that much better and then you'll be if you guys get number one in the division then you're home for the rest of the playoffs and then you go to the national championships you guys make it to the Frozen Four, and then you're not home in Columbus, but you're home in Boston. Yeah. How, how big of a motivation is that for you to just try and push the team to get there so your entire family is there? Yeah, I want to go so bad. I've said it since, like, legit day one. Like, once I knew the Frozen Four was in Boston, I think I knew, like, even before I, I like, transferred here, I think I said to my dad, like, it'd be so cool to come back to Boston and, and play for Frozen Four. I was at the last Frozen Four that was in Boston. So, yeah, I mean, it would be dream come true. It's definitely a huge motivator. Obviously, I mean, you saw, you witnessed this, it last time uh, where the Bruins play in TD Garden, and now playing there in the Frozen Four would probably be... I know the NHL was a big dream come true, but this is probably a, another big one. Yeah, I mean, definitely short-term. Short-term, a huge dream come true especially getting the chance to play for a national championship. Like, can't get much better than that. And we're speculating about the future and how the rest of the season will go, but you're a senior. What do you see is next for you after next season, possibly with the Blackhawks or with the Buckeyes? Yeah, I think I'm uh, trying to just see how the year goes this year. I think that's the biggest thing, especially with what we have going right now. I mean – Really just try not to get distracted and just keep focus on, like, the game day by day. Especially, like, I'm the type of person that if I start looking too far ahead, I get, I just kind of get in my own head and I think it throws me off. So, I'm like, I really, I got to just stay day by day and, and keep enjoying it. And that's, that's what I'm doing. But, yeah, it, it's been, it's been great. It's been such an exciting year. So, yeah, I'm just really, really excited for what we got coming. Awesome. And, you know, you said about the distract. You just got to try and use these games as the brisket in Texas when you had that draft, I guess. Seriously, that's all it is. All right, so let's get into some rapid questions on the 614 Check podcast. We have rapid headlines at the end of every episode. We'll do some rapid questions with you. Um, What is your favorite Buckeyes jersey? Like ours or like football or... You can choose whatever one you want. I like our like white ones that we wore last game, the all whites. I think those are so nice. And what are your thoughts on you, you guys have two main jerseys? I don't know if you see the women's hockey game so much. They have a black jersey that I'm a big fan of. Would you guys be? Yeah, we're all big fans of them. They're they're so cool. I wonder when you guys are going to be able to wear them eventually. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. And what is your favorite restaurant in Columbus? Town Hall, actually, like. I'd say Town Hall, but, like, not for dinner, Alchemy Kitchen. Me and Dom would only go there, like, too much. 
Those are both great places I love. And uh, I'm happy you didn't say Ab India because oh. because I know it's a good place, but I wanted something fresh because I hear the Knucklebucks uh, are always interviewing players and everyone's just saying Ab India, Ab India, Ab India. Yeah, you can blame Dom for that one. Legit, like, that guy goes there probably four times a week. Like, four out of five days, he's there. And then he's gotten the whole team there. Like, I mean, he should have an NIL deal <laughs> for sure. And are you, are you a fan of it or – I I kind I mean I'm not like a huge fan. I kind I like it like once a month maybe. That's how I feel. And I like going like with like a big like with a group. Like I I wouldn't I wouldn't just get it by myself. But I I just don't. I, it always makes my stomach hurt. Like it's it's not for me. Oh, well, luckily you have Town Hall and all those other exactly. great places. I'll grow up have that sometimes. Uh, well, what about on campus? You have a lot of dining options here. What's your go-to place here? Go to place here. You mean like on High Street or like actually like in campus? It could be right on High Street or it could be at OSU Dining. I honestly, I've not, I haven't been to an OSU Dining place yet. I'll be honest, so I don't, I don't know any there. But I mean, I've got pliables like sometimes. I don't know. I feel like I mostly got, I'm mostly getting my food from Upper Arlington and the Shore North. If if I were to say. Blaze, Blaze Pizza, that, that place is good. I like that every Very once in good. a while. Yeah, and uh, it's always packed though. You can't it, get in there. It is packed, and then you got to wait for your pizza in the line for a very long time. Yeah, it's a forty-five minute. Yeah, for sure. Especially on a, a late night on a Saturday after a game. Yeah, or something. I, don't, you don't even want to try. You do not. And what about study spots on campus? You big library guy, or you just go back to? Your... I usually just go back to the house. I, I mean, I know the library. It's unbelievable here, though. One time I kind of just did work in uh in the union, found like a table there. But yeah, I usually just go back to the house. And what about you've gone to know the city of Columbus a little bit. What is your where's your favorite place to go in Columbus uh outside of campus or favorite thing to do? I I like going to top golf. I love golf. Like golf's probably like it's my biggest hobby outside of hockey, so um, I've went to Top Golf a couple times, and that that was a blast. So I'd, I'd probably say there. My parents are coming this weekend. I might try dragging them over there too. And have you been to the OSU golf course yet, or not yet? Yeah, I did. I did. I actually went to a. It was that weekend where they had the Corn Ferry Tour. Like it was the playoff, so I didn't get to play Scarlet, but I played Gray. It's a really nice course. And hopefully, when it warms up, oh, I'll be can... there. And is everyone in the locker room big golf guys? I know some. A lot of hockey guys like golf. So, have you gone with them? Yeah, I'd say probably like half the team, if not maybe just more, maybe like sixty, seventy percent. I've I've gone with the yeah, I've gone with a lot actually. Like in the spring, we were going, or not the spring, the fall. The fall, we were going a ton. It was really fun. And who who hits the farthest? Is it you? You you could say yourself, but no, I don't hit the farthest. I don't. I'd say the best golfer is probably Snowden. I'm I'm good. I'd say I'm I'm top maybe three or four, but Ryan Snowden is very good at golf. Well, you'll have to have a big tournament at the OSU. Yeah, golf we're course we're then. thinking of getting a league going, which would would be fun in the spring. Absolutely. Well, Jake, thanks so much for coming on the show, and best of luck in the future, wherever that may take you, and especially this season uh, with the Buckeyes. And hope you get to fill out your dream in Boston at the Frozen Four. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Of course, thanks.
today, 614 Check is excited to welcome the head coach of the 2022 national champion Ohio State women's ice hockey team who has taken the Buckeyes to two final face-off championships and a national championship this season in just six years. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Coach Nadine Muzzerall to the show. And Coach, thank you so much for coming on today. Anything for you, Zach. We're excited to have a conversation with you after the dust has settled and we're relishing in the victory. Of course, and talking about that victory, a huge congratulations on the national championship and hearing those words, national champions, how crazy does that still feel to you and how have the celebrations been over the past few weeks? Well, you know what? It, it, it does feel a little surreal, of course, um, to know that you actually got to stand on top of the pyramid um, when you know that there are so many other fantastic teams out there in the country and ones especially that we face numerous times within our own conference. But um, it feels really good. But, you know, it also feels very deserving because the girls have worked so hard. And I know we won the national championship this year. However, you know, we've been in the frozen four, four times, you know, in five years. So we're, um, you know, very grateful that we finally got it done. And, and we know it takes a lot and it's very hard to win one. In terms of the victory, like I haven't even seen the trophy since that first day. So the, the young ladies have had that and been parading around all of town, which they should. So um, it's been great. But to be honest, though, the whole state of Ohio has been very, very supportive of us, especially the Blue Jackets and, of course, Ohio State University Athletics, too, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we're just been very appreciative um, of everybody's love and support for us. Absolutely. And you said you haven't seen that trophy since the first day. That's hilarious to me because I've seen I haven't seen it in person yet, but uh, I've heard and calling some other games that they've been at baseball games, softball games all over the place. And you talked about the Blue Jackets game. Um, 614 check. There's a lot of different hockey, Blue Jackets, Ohio State. How amazing has that support been from the Blue Jackets? And just watching that ceremony that night when the team got an extra lap around for a victory lap and you guys just had that moment on the ice. How great of a night was that? That was very fun. You know, I got to give the Blue Jackets some credit because they didn't just come knocking on our door and wanting us to be there when we won a national championship, just like you, Zach, they've been around from the beginning, you know what I mean? And showing a lot of love. And so at first I have to admit when they said that they were going to do a victory lap, I thought that might look weird, you know, them on their skates going around, but then the whole rink went scarlet. Carmen, Ohio's blasting. Everybody's screaming. Oh, I O. I mean, just felt a lot of energy and a lot of support and love from not just youth girls hockey, but grown men <laughs> too. Mm -hmm. Just very excited about Ohio State women's hockey winning a national championship. Absolutely. And what was different about this team? And it was amazing to see that moment when they had it on the ice. But what was different about this team this year that finally you said you've been in the Frozen Four a lot, finally able to get over that hump? And when did you know that this was your team's year? You know, um, I think the pr problems in the past were that we had a lot of talent, but we didn't have a lot of depth. And so when you're trying to play teams that have a large roster and you only have about four, maybe five D that are playing and two, two and a half lines, 
it can catch up to you and it can really, you know, when you're playing good teams, fast paced, quick hockey and the way we play our style of being pretty relentless, that's hard to maintain when you have a short bench. So I think this summer getting some transfers and adding the depth to our program really helped us. But I noticed a major difference after they came back from Christmas. I think that the fact that they were able just to focus on academics and hockey went a long way because they weren't having to be tested six times a a week like they were last year. And it wasn't about COVID. It was just about hockey. Mm -hmm. And they knew that they could play tomorrow instead of that stress. What does tomorrow look like? What's happening today even? So I think when they got settled and came back after seeing their family and loved ones, they were just flying with, you know, excitement to be there. Yeah. And you talked about um, your, your team getting over that hump and getting those national championships and those WCHA championships. But for you in your past, when you were with the Minnesota Golden Gophers in your playing career, I want to step back a little bit and we'll get back to the national championship in a bit. But how did you get into hockey? And when did you know that that is what you wanted to do for your career and just your moments playing in Minnesota? Sure. So, I mean, I grew up in Mississauga, which is a city next to Toronto. So it's kind of one of those things you just do growing up. And I have an older brother, Darren, and whatever Darren did, I wanted to do. You know, that's how it was. And we built a rink in our backyard every year with thumb to the hose and just stood out there and played every night. And that's how I got started to play. And it was just part of our culture. But I just really enjoyed the game. And I know that when you graduate from college, you're like, oh my God, what do I do now when you're all of a sudden 22 after four years of an institution taking care of you and giving you everything you possibly need, then you have to grow up and be on your own. And you're like, whoa, wait a second. I'm not ready for that. Mm -hmm. And so I had good mentors and good leaders that really helped me, you know, um, pave that path for me. They thought I would be a good coach based on my leadership qualities and my personality. And I studied adolescent behavior in college and I know I wanted to work with young minds. And so it was a good combination to do something that I'm very passionate about um, and an opportunity to use sport to try to, you know, help young, young women achieve their goals. Absolutely. And how difficult was that transition going from being a coach uh, or a player always wanting to be on the ice, be in the action versus taking a step back and looking at things more analytically and uh, coaching students and athletes instead of being the one on the ice. Very difficult. <laughs> it's still one of the more difficult things to do because you see how it's supposed to be and you, and you want it to be that way. And then when it doesn't, it's hard because you're not on the ice and you're not able to change that. Um, And there's a lot more trust in it, right? Like you have to trust that they're going to do what you're teaching them and and why they're prepared and how they're prepared. And you got to trust that they're ready. Um, And that's your responsibility as a coach to make sure that happens, but it's their responsibility as an athlete to not perform that. And um, that's why I thought they were so brilliant in the championship game was because they played relentless, but they were so poised. And Um, I just knew after that first period that they're, they were just laser focused and ready to go. And so it is very difficult to see that because that Quinnipiac game, when we outshot him 77, 22, Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, this is just going to be one bad bounce, not in our favor off a shin pad and go in. And then 
you know, and that's, what's hard as a coach. Cause you want to go out there and just put one away for them, but um, you just have to trust them. And that's probably one of the tougher things is not the analytical side and the preparation. I, I don't have any problem with that. I work really hard and tirelessly here till two, three in the morning, a lot of the time. So I'm not worried about that, but it's more the trust of like, well, will they get it done? <laughs> but yeah, they did they had a great year. And they did. And I, I mean, for me, it's a little bit different. Um, I played hockey when I was younger. Now going on to the broadcasting, it's still sometimes you do want to get onto the ice, but seeing you now with all the Ohio state logos around you and you moved from Minnesota as an assistant coach now to getting that head coach position with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Take me through your early moments being a head coach with the Buckeyes. What were your immediate goals? And could you ever imagine sitting here six years later with what is soon to be going to be a championship ring on your finger? Well, when you're um, a competitor such as myself and most coaches probably are, that is your ultimate end goal is to be the best. And like I said earlier, sit on top of that pyramid. And did I think it was possible? Yeah, it's Ohio State. It's athletics in Ohio State. It's possible. Um, was I doubtful at first just because I was the third coach in three years. So if you were a junior, you didn't have the same coach twice. So there was some doubt in that. But then that's also the reason why they hired me, right? Like they want to change. They knew I came from a program that had a lot of history of success and that I was part of that as a coach and a player. And um, so I was bred well, I guess, in that sense. But um, I give a lot of credit to Diana Sabo, who is the one that hired me and took a chance on me. And honestly, I didn't know anything, Zach, about the administrative side of things. I didn't really care for that piece of it either. Um, I wanted to coach and I wanted to adapt. I mean, sorry, adopt these young women and, and build them into better leaders and tomorrow's role models, you know? And so um I knew I could do that piece. Um, but after being on the administrative side of everything, you, you see very quickly the support and the resources at Ohio state. And I just never understood why they weren't great earlier because they had it the whole time. And so I think Diana Sabo's leadership is one of the big reasons too. Um, my first year to answer your question was just really observing and watching and taking note and trying to understand their, um, you know, like their traditions that they have, you know, coming from another big 10 school, I didn't want to stomp too much on that. And then it was just really observing and learning. And we had to make a lot of changes. I had to be comfortable to trust my moral compass. And the biggest thing that I did was establish relationships and build trust because, you know, love is trust over time. And um, really that's what I did. I spent a long time when I was saying I was working till two, three in the morning, cause I would have weekly meetings bi-weekly for them weekly for me bi-weekly meetings with every girl. And it'd be 20, wow. 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. And just talking about their life, not hockey, but sometimes hockey and school and social, social things going on. And then I'd get to my work. So that wouldn't be till late at night. Right. And that's what you have to do. You have to, you have to take that on the chin and, and lose some sleep sometimes for mm -hmm. the betterment of the team. Absolutely. And I think just that whole team aspect and off the ice of, I, I mean, I've been talking to Katie, who was the lantern reporter uh, for the women's hockey team mm -hmm. this year, and just about how coachable you are teaching these young student athletes always on the bench giving them teaching moments in the middle of the game, something when we were looking at the other benches, we didn't really see that as much. So having that connection, I think those, tw like you said, those 20 minute to 30 minute conversations just every week is something amazing to me that, and that's really a really cool insight to hear about. And 
you started to get more comfortable in your position with the Buckeyes. And in 2020, I think the big turning point, and maybe you can agree or disagree with this, was that WCHA championship. And how big was a momentum switch for that? But also at the same time, how difficult was that due to the COVID stoppage um, near the end once you guys were going to that Frozen Four? And did it ignite you a little bit uh, coming into the next few seasons? I agree. That broke the mold, you know, um, us winning the conference tournament. I, I think the second year I was here in that 2017-18 season was a big one, too, because it was our first Frozen Four ever within the second season. And that's the year, like I was telling, the first year was observing. The second year was just like blowing it up, trusting the moral compass and really leaning in on Jules Iafalo and Lauren Spring, our, our captains, and giving them a lot of responsibility because they're the bridge between the captains, uh, sorry, the, the team, the locker room and the coaches. And um they wanted change. They just didn't know how to make change. Right. And so that's where I come in and, and help guide them with that. And they, you know what, it could be my beliefs and my ideas, but they got to buy in and do it. Right. So a lot of credits for them, but when we won that conference championship, I think that just gave us um, confidence that we might've been lacking. Right. Because the year before we weren't in the NCAA tournament, that's the only time in five years and the five years I've been here. And I think, um, that gave them a little spark too, because sometimes we feel like we get shortchanged because of our conference and how often we play each other versus out East. And um, anyways, I think that that just gave them a momentum and pride and, you know, brought a lot of pride back to OSU and to just our alums too, that took pride in our program finally, because they have always had pride in being a Buckeye, but they didn't have pride necessarily in being a hockey player at OSU. Mm. And um, when that fell short, it was also how it felt short. We were already packed, ready to go back to play the Gophers for the first round of the NCAA tournament. And we found out at the airport when our bags were already checked. Wow. So it was very dramatic on how it happened. And that was just, you know, they, they took it hard. I mean, it's, they took it hard because the, the hardest part was just by I don't know when I'll see you again, seniors, yeah. you know, and, and nobody knew what COVID was. Everybody's freaking out and nervous about it. And, um, so I was just, I think the unknown, but the biggest thing that I had to do as a coach is get back to the balance. we got to balance them out. we got to get their head and their, um, you know, their mindset. Right. And, and, but you got to give credit to these young women and all the athletes. They're very resilient, you know, and, and um, they found a way and they came back and took that as momentum because it was unfinished business. Absolutely. And I just hearing that, that you guys were at the airport ready to go. That's a huge shock. I think that everyone got, and especially going into the tournament, you guys just won. You got that automatic bid, hoping that everything was going to go well. And ultimately, that big shock there. And coming into this season, what was the attitude for your team? Along with the rest of your great staff, you only had one freshman and a lot of different transfers. So a much older team you guys decided to go with. What was the attitude in making those decisions as well as the next steps here? Uh, for the season? Well, at the end of the day, I, I feel I know what's best for our program. And, and that's what is always on the forefront of my mind is we service the athletes and that's our job. Um, we talked as a staff about needing more depth that I had talked earlier in the conversation with us, with you earlier. And it was just, we needed more, more depth. We were like two, maybe three deep, a little too slim and same with forward positioning. And um, also it wasn't just one and done. These, the, like Hadley, Bernard, you know, <clears throat> Kirk, our goaltender. And then, you know, we were 
going to have these young ladies, um, you know, on Hartmitz who just scored the game-winning goal. I mean, no, sorry, not Hartmitz. Hosworth who just scored the game-winning goal. Like we were going to have these guys for multiple years. Yeah. So it wasn't just trying to win for this year. It was building um, for the for the future, right? And um, I felt like I was a general manager and a little bit of Russell Crowe and a beautiful mind and trying to figure out how to find the money and how to make it all work. But we had money and we had a lot of roster spots because our, our team was very thin. And so now that you have that leadership and you have um, older people that have been there and done that before, now they're just guiding the youngsters and um, the newbies and they just really took them under their wing. And the culture was never a concern or a problem for us because we do our job and making sure that that stays protected and that, you know, we protect the players that are here. And honestly, they know each other better than we know them. So we took a lot of advice from what they thought of the athletes character once we heard they were in the transfer portal. So um, yeah, they, they helped build that too. our, our returning players. You could definitely tell in the interviews and on, even on the ice, the chemistry that everyone had, even though there were, in fact, a lot of transfer students. And your team also, you talked about that depth, didn't really have any injuries at all that, at least on my side and the fans and the media know about, uh, which was definitely huge for your team. And I want to talk about the seniors a little bit. Uh, Andrea came on the podcast uh, right before she went to the Olympics and talked about having that extra championship drive in her senior season, you had a gigantic senior class, including the grad students. How big were those seniors and those veterans that have been here with the Buckeyes for a while to help you guys get over that other push? That's just it. Like we needed their experience. We needed their guidance of losing. They were used to losing in the championship or when it counted that frozen for it. And that's what we talked about the last time when we lost last year in overtime. I mean, sorry, lost last time by one goal and lost in overtime in the conference championship. And it was just like, just remember this feeling and how bad it feels. And remember that every time we train and every time you have to do another skate or every time you have to do another lift or every time it hurts. Just remember that feeling because that is more scarring than this moment that you feel of pain. Because honestly, that dictates some somewhat of your future, um, the losing. And in a good way, it dictated our future of motivating us. And then we took control of that and, and promised that we would never feel that again and use that as a driving force to win. And it worked well. And the, and the leaders guided that because they remembered that horrible feeling in the and, locker room after. And I was talking about Andrea, coach, and you know, Every time we talk, I'm going to get into some sort of question when it comes to the goaltenders. You had a very interesting situation this year when it came to Andrea starting really well at the beginning, then going for the Olympics and giving T. Lee that opportunity to really shine. Just describe that different dynamic that you had this year and almost how it helped you going into that national championship win. Yeah, you know, it's probably a little more common than people realize. I mean, look at our competitor. It happened with Duluth, right, mm -hmm. with their goaltending situation. And they did start their second goaltender in the conference, and it didn't end well, so they went back to their Olympic goalie. So um, 
a rule of thumb, somebody's hot. Why would you ever change that? Because if I put Andrea in and it didn't work, then it looks real bad coaching decision. Right. And so Tealy at the end of the day earned it and deserved it. And she didn't do anything to have that taken from her, but on the flip, either did Andrea, but it's not any different than like a quarterback in football getting injured. And then the backup comes in and replaces the quarterback, Tom Brady, pretty certain that they're pretty happy that they found Tom Brady sitting mm-hmm. on the sidelines when his number got called, it turned his life around. Right. With Tealy, she was ready, unlike an injury. She was ready because she knew Andrea was leaving. So I think it upped her game in practice. It helped that we had Bailey as our volunteer coach, who was great for all of our goalies. We didn't have that last year. And last year, I think Tealy accepted the fact that she was the second goalie. She was a freshman to an Olympic goalie. This year, she knew she was going to have to step up and she was mentally prepared because she knew when it was happening. And then when it did happen, she split with the number one team, Minnesota, and then the four team Duluth. And then she swept the number two, three team at the time with Wisconsin. And then it continued on. I think she was like 11 and 0. So it was one of those things where you cannot make that change. And I'm glad we didn't because it ended up being the right choice. And she's going to be with the Buckeyes for at least another two years, uh, which is really exciting for your organization. And I want to now get to that WCHA tournament uh, when we were all in Minnesota together. Uh, You guys had a lot of comeback wins uh, facing adversity with the comebacks or that Bemidji State game uh, when the goalie was pulled. How important were those comeback games and that adversity? And how important was that championship for your confidence? Well, I think you brought up Bemidji. And I think, you know, anyone that knows hockey or anybody that knows what it is to be a competitor knows that that was the right choice. Mm -hmm. I know our team does not the end of the day, like a lot of everything else outside is just noise. Right. And you got to just stop the noise, the distraction. And we knew what was at stake. And my philosophy is not to, to train them to try to be number two. My philosophy is get them to be number one and we're going to go for it. I mean, that girl couldn't hit that puck like that twice in a row if she wanted to, you know, let alone a hundred times in a row (laughs) or one in a hundred. So with that being said, It was the right choice. Um, But I think what it did is it woke up our players. Hey, you can't sit on this. you got to find a way to win because you outshot them like 55 to 20. So you have to find a way to bury it because situations like this can happen. We almost saw it with Quinnipiac, 77 shots, 22. Could have hit a shin pad, hit the post, and, you know, there goes your season. And so you have to find a way to bear down and win. And so – when we were down, don't forget, we're down to Wisconsin and we're down to Minnesota. Like people keep talking about that, but it's, that's not abnormal. They're really mm-hmm. good teams. And so I think it just spoke about our, um, our team's resiliency and that fight. And, and we're not done. We're going to keep coming after you. Like I've said before, we have that Rocky mentality where Apollo Creed was the better fighter, but Rocky just kept coming after him and wore him down. They're going to face opponents like was Minnesota better at some games? Maybe, maybe Wisconsin was, but we're going to keep coming after you. And that's what we do. And when others get comfortable or others get tired, that's when we find that weakness. And and that's when we bury it. Absolutely. And we only have a few minutes left. So I want to get to now the national championship tournament. You guys hosted a regional against Quinnipiac. You've been talking about that double overtime game when you had 70 shots on goal. How important was that uh, quickly to be at home and get that win and have that adversity through 70 shots plus? Well, it's nice when you see seven, eight, nine, ten 10-year-old girls there and they're excited to see really good hockey, see their state, Ohio State, their, their women's team that they can look up to being one of the best in the country and 
and getting really good hockey here at the rink so people can watch and, and appreciate and respect women's hockey because it is very beautiful and it's a hard intense game I've had a lot of people come that never had seen hockey before that were just mesmerized by how badass they are you know and I think that was very healthy for these young girls that want to play hockey and continue their future to understand that there is a possibility to pursue this and make it a make it your future and make it a dream and so I thought that was very big for the state of Ohio to mm-hmm. host that national championship quarterfinals. And now going into the Frozen Four, you beat Yale 2-1 to UMD in the national championship game 3-2. to What were those games like? And when you guys ultimately won that national championship, we could see the emotion on your face as uh, you went down to tears there and were able to hug a lot of people that got you to that moment. What was that moment like in that Frozen Four experience as, as a whole? Well, you know, it's, it's exciting. It's adrenaline. You know, Pagula is a beautiful hockey rink at Penn State, and they did a very good job hosting us. And it, it looked like a nice tournament, you know, like it looked like a legit NCAA tournament. And I think that that they did a very good job. And so that gets the girls juices flying, maybe little butterflies, because there are quite a few that never been there before. And there were quite a few that had. So it was very split with our team. And you know, Yale had never been there before. So that's good and bad, really, because they don't know any different. They're just going to go all out or maybe they're nervous because we've been here the year before. So uh, they played well. You know, do I think we were the better team? Yeah, I still think that, of course, we hemmed them in in the second period, just couldn't capitalize. I thought we could have maybe separated a little bit more and we didn't. But their goalie came to play that day and good for her. Um, but we found a way to score when we needed to. I think when you went to play when we went to play um, the national championship game against Duluth, it was people kept saying, would you have preferred Northeastern over North, North uh, over Duluth? No, I mean, either one is fine, but I prefer the devil, you know, right. And so mm-hmm. that's where um, Duluth was good for us. Um, but I, after that first period, I felt very confident. Our girls, like I said earlier, were relentless and poised and uh, causing a lot of turnovers and controlled the neutral zone and attacked fast. And I could just see like in their eyes, they were focused and they were ready to win. And I felt actually more calm in the national championship game than I did the two previous games. Hmm. Um, And I don't know, maybe it was because we knew our competitor or maybe um, the girls just said, Hey, we got here and we're no way are we ever losing this opportunity. Absolutely. And just seeing that emotion on everyone on the team, especially you as well, was amazing to see. And we're wrapping things up here. Coach Nadine Muzzerall of the Ohio State women's hockey team here. And let's move on quickly with just a minute or so left, talking about next year, uh, trying to go for the back-to-back. We're going to see some banner raises, some championship rings. What is next for this team? A new approach next year with a lot of different letters of intent. We know that there's going to be a packed transfer portal. And I already can tell, even though it's the off season, you're still working and trying to build that team for next year. So where do you see this team coming next year? Well, last year was, you know, a unicorn year where we had a lot of money and we had a lot of opening spots. This year is not going to be the case. If we get any transfer, it might just be one, just because of roster size and money. And um, the, we're focusing more on really, we got a lot of returners, you know, from this national championship team. Of course, we're going to have Emma Malte come back. who just won mm-hmm. a gold medal for team Canada. And she's going to bring not only 
her skill, but her leadership through her experience there, because she wasn't the top player there. So she learned from a different side, which I think will be very impactful for everybody this year. Um, and then, you know, we have um, a big, big senior, uh, freshman class coming in. We have eight, five forwards, two D and a goalie, you know, and so they're going to bring a lot of depth that, you know, that we didn't have in the past, but they're freshmen. So they're going to have to work for their spot. And, you know, it's quite a shift from high school to college, especially to the number one team in the country, but that's our job. And that's our responsibility to mold them to be ready for that. But we got a lot of really good talented players for next year as well. Absolutely. And you possibly have some seniors that take an extra year uh, with Sophie Jake's possibly going to be here for another year. Don't know if you can confirm anything with, if you know any uh, players are coming back that were seniors this year. Yeah, we will. We'll have uh, Levis back and we'll have Bazal back and we're going to have Jake's back. Um, so we will have some, some people back, um, you know, and Gabby Rosenthal is coming back. So those four we know are, are, sorry, those five we know are coming back. So we're excited about that. I know Sarah and Eva are going to go and probably play over in Europe and then, um, we're just excited for those players returning. And that was some great information there. Uh, some exclusive there, especially with Emma Malte coming back. You're going to have a gold medalist, possibly other medalists if you have the transfer portal. Uh, one more question here. We've talked about in the past a w new women's ice hockey rink. Uh, how important do you think that is for this team? Is that something we could see within the next few years, especially with you guys now being national champions. Do you think we need a new ring? I mean, I, I think you guys <laughs> deserve one for sure, uh, especially during those Wisconsin games when everyone was sold out. But at the same time, I hear that the players love it because of the atmosphere. So what's your perspective it on is. it? Is it an eyesore? For sure it's an eyesore. But I recruit kids that don't care about that stuff. And that's obvious you know, by our victory uh, in our national championship. Now, do we deserve a new rank? Of course we deserve a new rank because it's Ohio state and the standards are high. So there is talk and it is in the works and um, I'm very optimistic that it will be happening. And I know it's a, a project and a, um, a goal for Gene Smith. And so um, I'm here to, you know, support and push that as much as I can, but I don't want that to dictate our future. I mean, does it hurt sometimes? Yeah, it hurts recruiting a little bit, but then they're just not the right kid for our program. And we'll get the right kids with an, a new rank or without a new rank. And when you're national champions, you can almost bring whoever <laughs> you want too, right? I hope it helps recruiting. <laughs> Absolutely. And one last thing I want to talk about before we sign off here on a more fun note. Um, you've been known, and they were even talking about it on ESPN during the national championship games. Whenever we see you on the bench, you're always chewing some gum and your kids are in the stands. Uh, how important are those aspects? How, how, how did the gum uh, come into things on, on the coaching aspect? I don't know. Like, I didn't know until I saw it myself. I'm like, oh, that's really looks bad. But um, you know what? I don't care either because it's just I'm intense. Until somebody's been standing in that position, it's uh, – one thing to talk about and one thing to actually do it. And so for me, um, I got ripped apart from my family. My mom is always like, you always look so nice on the bench. And then you look like a cow with your gum chewing. So fair enough. I, I took note of that, but I've always been a gum chewer, two pieces of juicy fruit, or, um, we have this new caffeinated gum that I chew as well. And so, um, that's just been a history since Rick Osborne, my peewee coach, he always chewed two pieces of gum. 
But um, with my kids being in the stands, I mean, they've taken, you know, the blunt of my hard work, not having mom sometimes at home for birthdays or Easter's or, you know, whatever, Halloween's. So it's nice that they can be there. And of course, my mom lives with us and helps with um, manage that. And my husband's working too, training dogs for narcotics and explosives. So, I mean, we're just very busy family. So when they could actually be there, luckily they could drive to Penn State and relish in the victory and shed some tears because they see the blood, sweat, and tears behind the scenes. So they know what I've gone through over the years to build this program. And I'm just very grateful that they support me. That's great. And when it comes to the gum, it, it works. So you don't need well, to take it at to, all. You know what, Zach? I'm trying to get an NIL deal for like maybe juicy fruit or something that could be, you know, I the way, that could the work, way yeah. in. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, coach, thank you so much for coming on today. Don't want to take up any of more, more of your time. I know you guys are very busy, even though the off season. So again, a big congratulations. Enjoy the continuing celebration. Hopefully you get to see that trophy a little bit more uh, than just right at the beginning and have an amazing off season and can't wait uh, for the banner raising next year. Yeah, us too. Thanks so much for supporting us. And we look forward to seeing you next year as well. Absolutely. Thank you. Today's 614 check is excited to welcome the most recent former captain and star of the Ohio State women's ice hockey team. In 170 games as a Buckeye, today's guest scored 63 goals, 74 assists for a total of 137 points. After leading the Buckeyes to a national championship and two WCHA championships, today's guest is now back in her home state of Minnesota and playing for the Minnesota Whitecaps of the PHF. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Captain Liz Shepherds to the show. Liz, thank you so much uh, for coming on today. I'm so glad we were able to meet in person. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, it's great to be back in Columbus and on campus. So when we were talking about potentially coming on, I was originally, we were talking about Zooms a little bit, and then you told me you were coming back uh, for the football game. And uh, just how excited are you to be back uh, in this town um, for just the weekend and being back to see some of your former teammates? Yeah, it's great. Uh, Columbus was a great place to call home for the last five years. Um, a lot of great memories here, obviously, and uh, Buckeye Nation is second to none. So to be here on campus uh, on a weekend that's full of so much energy is really awesome. Um, and again, to see some of those teammates that I haven't seen in a while, uh, it's all really special. It's been a great, great uh, day so far. And you got to meet some of the freshmen too, I assume, uh, this weekend. Uh, are you looking forward to meeting some people that you're not going to be able to mentor, but uh, that are coming in the next wave of the Buckeye hockey team? Yeah, I think that's super important um, to our team is having that alumni culture and uh, really that feeling of family all throughout whether you played together or not, um, knowing that you support them and are cheering them on. I had the chance. I was here training for a lot of the summer, um, and a couple incoming freshmen were there too, so I had the chance to get to know them and um, see them uh, develop a lot throughout the summer and get comfortable with the team and, and how we do things here. So it's been a great experience. I'm really excited for the future of the program. And before we get into Ohio State and the PHF, I want to talk about your journey uh, to being where you are today. Minnesota is known as the state of hockey, but how did you get into the sport? And when did you know that it was something you want to do for your career? Yeah, definitely. You know, for as long as I can remember, hockey's been a part of my life. Um, it's a big part of my family. My grandpa played professionally in the NHL and, and worked um, in the league for his whole career. Um, so it's always like been a family thing. I never felt any pressure though, which was uh, something I think I'm really fortunate to have experienced. Um, but I've loved it for as long as I can remember and have always wanted to take it as far as I can. Uh, 
I've had a lot of great teammates, a lot of great mentors growing up. So Minnesota, it's a it's a great place to grow up playing hockey, and I'm very fortunate to also be back there. And now, once you knew that you wanted to play NCAA hockey, get to college, I'm sure you had a lot of teams that were interested in you. Why did you choose Ohio State and Coach Nadine Muzzerall, who at the time it was only going to be her second season as head coach here? Yeah, so my recruiting process was a little uh, abnormal, I guess you could say. I didn't have a whole lot of interest um, going into my like sophomore, junior year, which is where, you know, back when I was in high school, a lot of girls were committing pretty young. Um, I wasn't getting a lot of that interest and had a lot of developing still to do. Um, so you know, I had a couple other opportunities. Uh, Coach Muzz reached out to me before the start of my senior year of high school, which is pretty late in the game. Um, and... Yeah, when she got me on campus and I got talking to her, you could tell how intense she was and how much she wants to make this program something special. And I think what really attracted me to Ohio State is, one, uh, the culture of the school and how much people love Buckeye Nation and being a part of Ohio State. And then as well as I really believed in what Muzzy was trying to do and to have a hand in creating something um, was something that was really important to me and to bring Ohio State to where it is now, be a part of that um, is something I'm going to take with me forever. So, yeah, I'm and, very grateful. And what were the challenges? You just talked about, you know, not being recruited very early into the game. How did that uh, affect you in your game, especially into that senior year, and how did that phase you or not? Yeah, um, it was definitely challenging seeing girls that I was competing with and against, um, you know, get their offers and commit to their schools at such an early age. Uh, I think it could have been really easy to be discouraged. Uh, I was really fortunate to have a super supportive family and, and team back home that continued to believe in me, and, and a lot of it was having to believe in myself when you know I wasn't getting those opportunities. But I, I knew that once I got my shot that I was going to make the most of it and buy into whatever role, whatever team needed me to be. Um, and again, that's what was so great about what Muzzy was preaching here at Ohio State is that you know, once you're once you're in it, like you can make the most of it and carve out a spot in this lineup. It's not going to be easy, but um, you know the opportunities are going to be there. So uh, definitely was big on character. Um, it was a test, and again, I, I'm really thankful with how everything worked out. Because you definitely did make the most of it. I mean, <laughs> being the captain of a national championship team—that's uh, nothing to be shabby about. Yeah, no. Um, I I think if you would have said that. Five years ago, even two, three years ago, um, it would have been hard to believe. So it still is hard to believe. And everything works out for a reason. And you talked about carving your way into the lineup. How do you think, what different parts of your game do you think improved on the five seasons here in Columbus that have propelled you into the PHF now? Yeah, I mean, a big thing was just adjusting to the speed of the NCAA and especially the WCHA. It's such a fast physical game. Um, you can't take a night off. And then really committing to the defensive side of the puck. Like Muzzy made it very clear that if you can't be reliable in the D zone, there, you know, there's somebody on the team that will be, and, and that's, you know, that's your roster spot. So um, making sure I'm playing a full 200 foot game and finding ways to be effective, whether it's on the score sheet or not. Um, teams need people in every role um, and to take pride in their role. And that's really what my whole five years has taught me, and I'll take with me. And what about the leadership side of you? Uh, like you said, you didn't think you were going to be a captain if you were told that five years ago. Do you think your leadership game started to build too? Uh, were you that part of type of player uh, in high school, or did that also start to build uh, here in Columbus? Yeah, so I had to take uh, I took on leadership roles in high school as part of my high school teams and stuff like that. Um, 
here at Ohio State, I definitely had great captains to look up to um, for my early years, um, and I tried to take little things from them as I went along, as well as develop my own leadership style, which is a large part leading by example, um, which I don't think has ever really changed. I, I take a lot of pride in my work ethic and, and doing things the right way. Um, but I was definitely challenged throughout my five years and then especially these last couple of years as a captain um, to find my voice a little bit more and to speak up and uh, represent the team well. So, yeah, I've had a lot of great role models and, um, again, tried, just tried to work that into my own leadership style. And another thing that you could have learned uh, well at Ohio State is playing some of the highest level women's hockey in the world, especially in the WCHA, well balancing your school life. And a lot of people watch your games have a hard time understanding the stress that student athletes go through due to balancing school and the sport. How difficult was that balance and how were you able to overcome it? And how do you think it helped you prepare for the PHF where now it's just hockey? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the WCHA is an incredible conference. Like we take so much pride in being difficult to play against and having so much parity in our league. Um, and then to bring that on with whatever course load you're you're taking on as a freshman, especially it's it's a bit of a wake up call. Um, thankfully, at Ohio State, we have a lot of like really great resources and people that want you to succeed and want to help you in any way they can. Um, so with that like expectation of being excellent in the classroom and on the ice, there are a hundred people behind you making sure you get there. So the adjustment, uh, it was one definitely, but it was helped along by a lot of people. So very grateful for that and. I think Ohio State has one of the best, you know, student athlete development programs in the country. Um, but yeah, so taking that into the PHF where I can focus a little bit more on hockey, um, it'll be great. I mean, it doesn't mean you take the foot off the gas by any means um, with hockey. It's a little bit more time to focus on little skills and perfect things. Um, definitely have been enjoying the break from the coursework a little bit. Absolutely, because now you're go you just had the summer, which most students have off, and then now you're going to... You're not going to have to worry about it uh, unless you decide to go into further schooling after hockey or whatever like that. So that must be a nice break. I'm a little bit jealous of that <laughs> because now I'm, you know, the broadcasting at just at the beginning of the year and then uh, right into the schoolwork, a lot of reading so far. <laughs> um, but after four chances of winning the national championship, you and your team made the dream come true and a reality when the Buckeyes won the national championship this past season at Penn State. What was different last season, do you think? Uh, that helped your team get over that bump? Yeah, uh, it was an incredible group, honestly. We, from top to bottom, were so deep, so talented, and also extremely hardworking, which I think you can get one, but sometimes you don't get them both. Um, looking at our roster going into the year, I think we knew the potential that we had, and we made that extremely clear, like what our expectations were, and that there really was no ceiling for that group. Um, the difference, we've had really great teams in the past. I think you need to take those losses sometimes to know what it takes to get over the hump and to know what it takes to win it all. Um, all of us, you know, aside from our couple freshmen last year, most of us had been in the national tournament. Most of us had been in a Frozen Four. And I think that experience is something you can't teach and something you can't coach. And you just have to go through it and work your way through it. Um, but, yeah, again, the character of that group, the skill level, and obviously our commitment to each other and the work ethic – was really something that I've never seen before. It was extremely special. And you guys got your second uh, WCHA championship mm -hmm. uh, in Minnesota. The first time when you got that one, when you were on the team, 
everyone was starting to feel a possible national championship there, and then COVID hit. Uh, so after you got that second one, did it feel like deja vu a little bit that now without COVID, you know, stopping the season, that this was your opportunity to make it worth it? Yeah, I think we'll always look back on that season that was cut short um, due to the pandemic and, and wonder what could have been. And that was something that the girls returning from that team, I think we all carry with us and play for those seniors that didn't get a chance to end their career on their terms. I know it's something personally that I think about quite a bit when I play um, and try not to take a day for granted. But yeah, after coming off that conference tournament win, we were feeling really confident, especially in the way we won those games. Like We weren't playing our best hockey by any means for a large stretch of that tournament, but we just kept finding ways to win. We had the comeback win, and we really felt the momentum uh, coming with us as we were going into the NCAA tournament um, to earn that number one seed and to have a little bit of that swagger. Uh, we, we felt really good about where we were going. And I could feel it when we were there in Minnesota. <laughs> those games, you know, you as a fan or as a broadcaster, uh, commentating or, or watching, you couldn't ask for better games, uh, especially that uh, game-winning overtime goal by Jakes there. That was just something I'll never forget, uh, just watching that being in the team box there. But, you know, how was that fatigue? You talked about how difficult that tournament was, and then you're going against some of the best teams in the nation and then popped right back into a huge tournament where you just had the adrenaline, you finally got that second championship in the conference there, and then you're thrown back into a brand new goal. What were the challenges there, the fatigue? Yeah, it's it's tough to really describe. Like when you're in it, it feels like such a blur. It's such a quick two, three weeks where you're playing your most meaningful games of the year. Um, but you really forget about all the fatigue. Like that's what you play all season for. That's what you train for all summer, all year. Um, our staff does a great job of physically preparing us for all these games and to go into battle. Um, but to switch gears from the WCHA tournament to the national tournament, you enjoy that win, obviously. Um, you take your, your Sunday, Monday, and you and you take it in. But, you know, come come the next work day, you got to flip the switch and start focusing on a new team and, and an even bigger prizes on the line. Um, and then you see us going to double overtime against Quinnipiac and all that. You never know what can happen, so you got to be dialed in um, physically and mentally. So I credit our staff a lot with that. I credit the leadership in our room, you know, not – just me, but all the way down the maturity of our group to focus on what we're really set out to do, and that was to win a national championship. And everyone focuses on the Frozen Four, but you talked about that Quinnipiac game, double overtime mm -hmm. in front of the home crowd. What was that game like, especially it was the first time the Buckeyes were hosting a tournament at the rink? You know, that was just a wild game, and that was another, you went through it just like the WCHA tournament, and then you had to flip the switch again. What was that game like? That was an emotional one, definitely. Um, you know, we felt really good about the way we were playing. Quinnipiac was getting weird goals, bounces. Um, and, you know, it's it's tough when you're playing and you're doing so well and you feel like, you know, you're about to score any second. And But they keep they keep hanging around and you don't know if they're going to get the bounce or if we're going to get the bounce. So, again, a lot of maturity in our room. Um and just the will to win and not, and not let up. Like, we had to come back in that game a couple times. They tied up the game a couple times. Um, but, yeah, we, we really were determined to get it done, especially in front of a great crowd in our rink. We knew, obviously, it was our last game there of the season, some of us our last games there in, in our career. Um, so we wanted to end it on a special note, and we knew our national tournament run um, wasn't meant to be finished that game. So it was a lot of belief in each other um, and, the, and the way we were trying to play. And... Uh, 
yeah, capitalizing on some, some ugly bounces, but they all count the same. So, <laughs> yeah, yep, and then, uh, again, flip the, flip the switch again for, for another big two games. And then, ultimately, you made it to the Frozen Four, and as the captain of the national championship team, what were your emotions like in State College when you heard that final buzzer? You know, when we were watching it uh, on ESPN, you could see the emotion uh, from Coach Muzzerell, but what were your emotions like when you lifted that trophy? And there's that iconic photo that I always look at now of uh, Branley and the rest of the team with their hands up as you're bringing that trophy. How were you feeling in that moment? And was that made it everything worth it? Yeah, absolutely. It's so fun to think back on. You you go from so much focus uh, for those last couple seconds of the game, making sure pucks get out and, and nothing bad happens in your end, to, to throwing the gloves off and, and celebration and joy that comes with that. Um, it was extremely emotional. It still is really emotional to think about. Um, it was a really special group, and I know how fortunate we are to get to experience that together, and that's what you dream your whole career of doing, your whole life of doing. Um, but to be able to share it with that team and the families and the staff and all the other uh, Ohio State alumni, it was extremely special and you know, still something we're celebrating today. You know, uh, That will never get taken away from us. You say you're still celebrating it, Liz. It seemed like after you won the championship, the trophy was all over the city. Uh, pictures everywhere, Nationwide Arena, to everywhere on High Street. What were some of the best celebration moments uh, that you guys had last year? Maybe yeah. you guys will still do something this weekend. Yeah, um, they are all great. Getting Just being welcomed back to Columbus um, at our rink there by some fans and media was really special. And then Everybody we saw, you know, we were bringing the trophy around, sharing it with, with our classmates, with our, our student body in the athletic department, and everybody wanting pictures with it and uh, stuff like that was really cool. Um, obviously, going to the Blue Jackets game was a really special experience and being welcomed on the ice. Um, we're just really grateful for the support we felt all season long, and then to reward that with a championship is, um, you know, memories we're never going to forget. And then this weekend we uh, – might do a little something at the football game. So it uh, continues, and it's, it's been really awesome. And are there any funny or goofy stories that you can share with those, in those celebrations? I'm sure there's some. I know there may have been some dents or scratches there as well. <laughs> so uh, anything uh, you want to share that could get some laughs here? Oh, man, I don't know if anything's uh, <laughs> too – I don't want to share too much here, but the trophy has definitely made its rounds and um, doesn't quite look the same as when I first got it in State College. <laughs> I'll say that. Well, I'm hopefully uh, when – the Buckeyes are going to play, of course, uh, St. Cloud State on home opening weekend. That uh, I'll be able to see how, how the trophy's gone uh, since I saw it at the softball game there, too. I know there were already a few <laughs> dents within that week there, but uh, we'll see how. You think uh, it's still in one piece, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You can, uh, you can definitely tell it's a well-loved and uh, had a fun celebration. So, <laughs> And maybe it'll get a few more dents this weekend. And having a strong locker room dynamic is really important for the team. And just hearing you know, the laughs and things you don't want to share about some of the goofy things you're talking about. It seems like this team was really close and still is close to this day. What was that locker room like every single day? Yeah, it was interesting when, uh, you know, we were starting the year, we had just about half our team was brand new, whether it be transfers or freshmen. So a lot of questions about what our dynamic was going to be. It's so many new personalities, but, you know, right from the get-go, we gelled really well and began to trust each other more and I think after Christmas, we really hit our stride and, and determined what the personality of this team is going to be. Um, and once we did that, we were we were pretty close to being unstoppable, and just in the way we trusted each other and supported each other. And uh, 
yeah, we're we're a family. It was it was a great group. And a lot of the team lives together, correct? Do you think that helps, you know, sort of get the team chemistry there a little bit more um, to a different level that, you know, in professional hockey, NHL, PHF, anywhere, teams not always living together, but living as a cohesive group, being together on the weekends, college game day, all things like that. How does that help your team? Yeah, definitely. You know, we have a couple houses. Um, I think there's three or four that our entire team lives in when, once you're out of the dorms. Um, I think it just shows how much we enjoy being around each other. Um, we spend so much time at the rink together and putting in work that, you know, we then go home to each other. And, uh, yeah, I just think it speaks a lot to our friendships outside of the rink and that when we don't, you know, quote-unquote have to be together, we want to be together and we want to spend that time together and get to know each other and, again, just speaks to the family atmosphere that we have. It's a family atmosphere, so I have to assume there were some pranks or jokes uh, pulled within the team. Uh, I heard when I was talking to uh, Andrea uh, last year before she went to the Olympics, she said Sarah Sakinen was a big jokester uh, within the team. Any uh, pranks or funny stories that go around uh, last season? Oh, man. I don't know. We we always like uh, to make light of any situation. You know, it's we're under a lot of pressure, you know, representing Ohio State and coming in with the expectation of winning a national championship so any chance we had to make you know light of any situation while still getting the job done we definitely did um it, it was a really fun team and one that uh I'm really grateful to have been a part of and did a lot of those fun memories or goofy stories happen on the road uh would you say that happened more because you're able to escape campus and all the schoolwork here yeah definitely um especially looking back at our 11-day road trip to minnesota you know you get a little slap happy sometimes and um, Slap happy. <laughs> a little overtired and things like that. So everything is funny at that point. But yeah, road trips are definitely where a lot of memories are made too. And some of the team went ice fishing on that trip too. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was jealous of that when I was looking at it. Uh, what was that experience like? Because especially a lot of the uh, teammate, your teammates are from Minnesota. So being able to be back home, visit a lot of the families. Mm -hmm. What was that like? And I, I think I when I was talking to Coach Muzzerell post-championship, she said that she feels that trip and that 11-day road trip that happened because of St. Cloud's COVID situation uh, really helped enhance your team chemistry as well. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, it was not a part of the ice fishing group, um, but the, the content that came out of that was definitely uh, some good stuff. Um, but yeah, if you take a look at that trip and what we were able to get done, uh, you know, it also included our last loss that we had all season um, with that loss to Bemidji. And... I think we took that and said, all right, like now we're now we're going. Now we're playing hockey the right way. We're taking this thing all the way, and, and we didn't lose after that. So I think it built a lot of chemistry. A lot of friendships obviously got deeper, um, and our uh, our trust in each other and commitment to the team, um, yeah, it, it just continued to grow throughout the season, and that was definitely a big part of it. And besides the team chemistry, you talked about that Bemidji game mm -hmm. uh, that we've always – I think we talked about it. Uh, right after you guys won the WCHA championship of that Sports Center moment there, um, what kind of wake up call was that as well? After you guys were on that road trip, that when you were coming back to Columbus, that it was uh, right near the end of the season, it was time to get to work. Yeah, uh, that moment showed us a couple things. I think for one, I think it showed Muzzy's confidence in us. Um, we knew that we needed all points on that road trip to win the regular season outright. And we went for it, and it just didn't go our way. And, and sometimes that happens in sports, especially in hockey. Um, but we came back in the locker room after that game and said, 
I would not have changed a thing. Um, we believed in what Muzzy was trying to do. We trusted each other and really believed we had a shot. We almost scored there right before they fired the puck down. But, again, sometimes it's just not meant to be your day. Um, so that, I think, was a great moment for us just to, like, reinforce the belief that we had in each other and the belief that our staff had in us. And then, again, it was just the feeling of there wasn't a team in the country that was better than we were. And we had to believe that and we had to run with that if we were going to make it happen. And and it, we did. Mm-hmm. And uh, being a leader of that team, it not only is it on the ice, off the ice, within the team, but it's also the responsibility of growing the game. Uh, your team this past season was part of a lot of different community efforts to try to play events, the Blue Jackets, hockey for her, and you also came and visited the annual sled hockey tournament uh, that I always volunteer mm-hmm. at, which was awesome to see. How important is the community outreach to you, especially as the captain? How do you think that made a whole impact on the community, especially in that support once you won the championship. Yeah, absolutely. Our entire team has been great about being involved um, with Columbus, whether it's hockey-related or not. We really love this community and the city. Um, and when we feel that love back from them, it just wants us to continue to give back and, and do more. Um, Columbus is a great hockey city that a lot of people you know are kind of sleeping on. So the more we can get out and promote it and try to help grow, the better off hockey's going to be as a whole and hopefully better off Columbus is going to be. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's an amazing community, and we are uh, very grateful to be a part of it. I think you can also maybe take a little bit of credit of growing uh, hockey in Columbus. Maybe that's how Johnny Gaudreau knew about it as well. <laughs> um, but how has that fan base grown within the past five years? Uh, obviously, it's still Ohio OSU ice rink that you guys are hoping – to get a bigger rink in the future, but how has that fan base turned uh, since you were a freshman to now uh, being here this weekend as a grad? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'll say Ohio State loves a winner, and you you could tell as we were gaining our success and, and growing in those early years like uh, that the community was showing out for us, and we really appreciate that and feed off that. And um, I think we only lost one home game my freshman year. Um, and that's a large part of due to the atmosphere we create. It's a really difficult place for road teams to play in. Um, but to go from, you know, I don't remember exactly what it was looking like my freshman year, but I know we weren't turning people away. And to, to have to, you know, post the sellout sign at our senior day weekend um, this year was really special and just a sign that the demand is there and, and people want to come out and support us and that this team is deserving of, of a facility that allows that. And I want to talk about the rink quickly, and then we'll get into looking back on your years in Columbus. You were just talking about turning fans away. Um, you know, there's a lot of positives to OSU Ice Rink. Like you said, a lot of other teams feel it's really hard to play. They call that locker room, the visiting locker room, the dungeon a little bit because it's down in the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, how important has OSU Ice Rink been, but what is the importance or urgency to try get a new rink closer to the shot Um into that athletic complex uh, for this team? Yeah, I mean, Ohio State Ice Rink has been a great home for us. It's been a lot of fun. Some of my greatest college memories have been on that ice and in that environment that we create um, with our fans. So it's definitely been a really special place. But, um, you know, as the top team in the country, as one of the top teams in the country the last five years, I, you know, we're deserving of a facility that reflects that especially when you see the other developments going on in the athletic department. Um, you just can't help but wonder when our turn is. Um, so hopefully it's coming soon, a place that you know we can be even more proud to play in and, and a place where our fans can come and support the team. Um, 
and we'll be you know excited to come back for years to come as alumni, um, things like that. So hopefully in the near future. We hope so. And uh, let's talk about five years in Columbus. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of ups and downs. Besides the national championship and the trophies that you won and the rings that you're probably going to receive, you're going to get those once soon enough um, once – I guess the jeweler's done with those rings, or did you get them yet? <laughs> not yet, no. Hopefully soon. So you're looking forward to them. Maybe you get surprised with them this weekend. Maybe I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> so, what do you think besides the championships that your memories are? One of your favorite memories looking back on these past five years? Yeah, I've just been so lucky to have so many incredible teammates. Um, every season, every team has been so unique. Um, but also incredibly special, and I've had a lot of, uh, you know, great memories with these groups and friendships that I know I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Uh, even, you know, back to my freshman year, I still keep in touch with that group, and we see each other whenever, you know, we're coming back to Columbus or anybody's around. We, we always be sure to reach out to each other, um, and that's uh, definitely the most important thing. It's really nice to hang banners and to get those championships and um, all of that, but to come out of it with some lifelong friendships and memories with those groups is, you know, it's irreplaceable um, and hands down the best part of, of this whole experience. That's awesome. And be, building those relationships with the teammates and Coach Muzzerall, who has now been, for Ohio State women's hockey, a big coach in this entire franchise in the history, uh, she's going to have to make a decision uh, or already has that uh, us media and the broadcasters just don't know about captain of the team this coming season um who do you think uh is going to get the captaincy this year (laughs) i mean there's there are so many incredible leaders with that group and then obviously emma coming back from the olympics um i'm sure she will get her c back (laughs) um she is very deserving of it Peyton and gabby were great co-captains or alternate captains for me um you really can't go wrong with that group and I definitely know that the leadership stems beyond the girls that are just wearing the letters on their jerseys and and it takes a whole group to to right the ship and get everybody on board. So I uh, I know I'm leaving them in extremely capable hands. And it's going to be a new season for them with a lot of freshmen coming in. Uh, you had a lot of vet, uh, veterans and transfers uh, from the year before. And not only is it going to be a different season for the Buckeyes, but it's also going to be a different season for you after five seasons with the Buckeyes. Uh, after graduating Ohio State, you had many possible career paths you could go into. Why did you choose to continue your professional hockey career, and why the PHF and not uh, the PWHPA? Yeah, so originally I was set to start physical therapy school after this this past year, and I was really torn about what I wanted to do, um, continue playing or, or go start school because that's a three-year process once I start it. Um, and I already took my fifth year, obviously, so torn between feeling a little behind that way versus continuing to play. Um and I just, I feel like I still have more hockey in me. I still love the game. Um, I'm still physically capable, which is a nice thing that I'm not going to take for granted. Um, so once I decided that that was my um, my choice was to continue playing, it was then looking at where is that going to be. Um, and I wanted the opportunity to come home, which is big for my family. And, and for me, I, I love Minnesota and um, you know definitely have spent the majority of my time in Columbus these last five years. So it'll be nice to be back home. Um and then the PHF at the time um, that I was making my decisions just ha- was a little more established. Um, I knew I was going to be playing games in you know November um, versus unsure of what the model of the PWHPA was going to look like at that time. So went with the greatest security um, and the opportunity to play at home, and 
I'm extremely happy and looking forward to starting with the Whitecaps. And you talked about the PHF and the PWHPA with two different leagues right now. What do you think the future is for professional women's hockey? And where do you think, you know, both organizations could go in the future to solidify, you know, a lot of the different problems that you and other professional hockey players are having uh, with the two different teams and the job security and things like that? Yeah, like absolutely. You want you want to see them come together as one league. Um, I don't think it's doing women's hockey any favors to have the player pool and the resources split between two leagues. Um, but I know it's it's a lot more complicated than just saying that. Um, I think you need to have compensation that allows players to play hockey as a job if you want them to train like they're playing hockey as a job. Um, so you know, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but to uh, to have one league that allows you know as many players as possible to continue playing the game, um, it's all about creating opportunities and and then compensating them accordingly. <laughs> and besides the PHF, like potential uh, professional hockey aspirations, are you looking starting to France or things like that about Olympics, or is that something you're just focusing on the current task at hand? Yeah, I'm just going year by year. Um, if those opportunities come, I, I'll definitely jump at them and make the most of them. But um, really happy with where I am right now and again just focusing on the upcoming season well I look forward to watching you and you're going to be able to play against Lexi Templeman as well mm-hmm. uh, are you looking forward to playing against some former Buckeyes there I am and I'm not I know Lexi's really hard to play against <laughs> practicing against her this past season and just knowing the kind of player she is and how hard she works but uh, definitely excited to seeing her and and um, yeah how we all do and she also got to go home so you both got able to do that yeah. uh, something that we always have on 614 check uh, after we talk about ra- um, the different games that are coming up or have interviews is called the rapid headline. So I want to do some rapid questions with you here uh, okay. as we wrap up the interview. Are you ready for that? Yep, let's do it. All right. So favorite WCHA opponent to play against? Minnesota. And uh, hardest team to play against in the WCHA or just in general? Duluth. Duluth, Okay. Uh, you faced off against them in the national championship, <laughs> yep. so I understand that one. Uh, when you were at Ohio State for the past five years, your favorite study spot on campus? Ooh, uh, Thompson, like the fourth floor. Fourth floor. Yeah. I uh, know a lot of people like the eleventh floor, but you got the cubicles are on the fourth floor, right? The uh, it was one of the reading rooms, or like there's one with a lot of windows that faces like the R pack. That's where I like to hang out. Awesome. And campus food, there's a lot of those different options. Mm-hmm. I know you guys have. Special food at St. John or at the Shoemaker. Uh, but what was your favorite campus food here at Ohio State? Oxley's. Yeah, sandwiches at Oxley's. The the regular one, not the to-go? Yeah, yeah, the regular one. The lines were always around an hour. <laughs> they still are this year. They still are. And what about off-campus? Uh, favorite place for you to go or with the team uh, in Columbus for a restaurant? Um, where did we go? Uh, big North Star fans. Yeah. The one short north or in Easton? Short north. And mm-hmm. w- what was your go-to order there? Uh, the Buddha Bowl. My mom's favorite yep, is the Buddha Bowl, too. Yep. And uh, what about the funniest teammate uh, that always lit up the locker room a little bit? Oh, man. We have so many characters. My, uh, from my class, uh, Tatum and Emma always brought the energy together. Um, so I- I'd have to go with those two. Could always get a laugh out of them. And what about, we talked about food just now, uh, sweet or savory? Mm, savory. All right, and then we'll wrap it up. I'll put you on the spot here a little bit. Different team for the Buckeyes this year, but is a repeat on the horizon. Absolutely. Wouldn't have it any other way. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Liz, thank you so much uh, for coming on and sharing your story. 
Uh, best of luck in your first pro season and enjoy your time this weekend here in Columbus. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Of course.